baseball podcast of the national pastime dynasty trevor's burp threw me off um i got him got him and more importantly three-time champion max and joining me today are two uh very professional acting podcasters as you can see and two people that went up against each other last week rumor has it one of them got snubbed i'm talking oh. trevor and levi are joining me this week guys how's it going oh man i'm all right fresh off a of snub you know it's hard it's hard to come back from but uh but i'm feeling pretty good yeah yeah i'm good thanks thanks for having me um man i listened to the whole podcast last week and you guys just kept saying like the only way levi wins is if he wins like all the offensive stats and like that happened Kind of, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it um, did happen. <laughs> I set triples, I think, right? Yeah, it was like doubles and triples, but everything else, all I had to do was just keep picking up all these like Joe Schmoes who would get strikeouts, and then it's all, then the rest was history, you know. So, so yeah, it worked out. Um, sorry you had the loss, but I really need to uh, climb these standings, you know. That is what it is, you know. That's that's baseball, baby. <laughs> Levi's diverging a little bit of strategy there. Like, pick up Joe, Schmo- Joe Schmoes, they get strikeouts. Is that a waiver wire all if you start the week, If you start the week with, like, a 20 ERA, like, just pick them all up. Pick up Drew Smiley. Just pick up uh, Merrill Kelly. Just anybody, you know, that's there. Just, hey, they start, pick them up. Don't be smirched for the name Merrill Kelly, okay? Like, he did <laughs> yeah, just, okay like for me yesterday. Up. Yeah, that's right. Or wait, today. I don't know. Today, yeah, he's tonight. Um, I was going to pick him up, but then I was like, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I need to pick up less people, I think, to keep my ERA down. Um, so You're just you're killing it on the analysis so far, Levi. I was going to pick him up, but then, I don't know. <laughs> going to be a good pod. Stick around. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I've never done a podcast. Week, well, yeah, no, that's that's a theme for our guests. Uh, <laughs> seems like it's like me and then one of like Huck, Trevor, Ethan, John, or Andrew, and then somebody who's never done a podcast. And I think it's, it's a, a spice it up. You gotta get the gotta hear what the league has to say, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. It's healthy. Everybody's yeah, got yeah, a voice. Definitely. Yeah, everybody needs a voice. It's At some point, we're going to get Tony on this podcast. We just got to find him, you know? <laughs> Locate him. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> Where's Tony? Put him on a milk carton. It'll be great. Um, so there was a snubbing last week. We're well aware of that. Uh, a couple other big, big matchups 
this past week, a lot of things that aren't so surprising, like Huck beating up on Victor, as everyone predicted, the Dukes beat up on in-play runs, the Never Nudes fell to Chris's tiger emoji, but let me tell you, big upset, Tony beating Matt 10 to 3. Like, I, this was, Brad kept quoting me, I'm going to bet my whole bank account on this, and I was dead wrong. Like, Matt, Matt, our, our league leader in everything, uh, just fell apart last week. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have weeks like that. I mean, it, it's funny, too, because, like, fell apart. is like, they have 14 doubles. They scored 44 <laughs> runs, you know, like 36 RBIs at 273. I mean, yeah, his pitching is what, you know, that sucks. But still, five wins, like, it's just – I mean, it's like fell apart. Is I'd like to have a fall apart week where I have ninety or eighty uh, runs plus RBIs. Yeah, well, <laughs> the only yeah. the only pitching categories he got were the freebies, were were holds and saves that Tony yeah. just surrenders. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I'm talking about. Offensively, he was fine. Tony's team was outstanding, but still, just a a huge upset. And then aside from that, it was. You know, Ethan stomping on me, continuing to cruise through the league, and Chase and Adam time was not something anybody saw coming either. Yeah, that really helps me out, man. Like, um, the thing is, in Sam Crawford, like, someone's got to go. If I'm going to make playoffs, or if you're going to make playoffs, Max, like, someone's got to go. Oh, and all I'm three thinking of us. it's. All three yeah. of us are sitting here going, all right, somebody's got – like, this is three Sam Crawford guys in the playoff hunt. Yeah, somebody's four, five, six. Exactly. Like, like I'm assuming either one or two of us, but on all three, one of us is going to have to you know, sit this one out. But, Somebody uh, had to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that is huge. I like, uh, I like to see any team that's pretty much out of the race just come back and screw somebody over. So kudos to Adam for, uh, you know – keeping up the starts and sits and, and winning or I mean, tying. It's really huge. And that was a, we were watching that matchup. We were literally watching like, uh, who was it? They got a steal for Adam late. Um, shit. I can't remember. But then like Loriano was the next game and he like got a single and a steal and it got the OPS. And then the stolen bases again, it was like back and forth. Me and Max were uh, at my house together, drinking some whiskey and, uh, watching that interesting matchup, so that was fun. Yeah. Yep. And now we're doing the same, but just drinking some whiskey. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently upstairs yeah, at Trevor's whiskey. house. He's downstairs at his house. Levi is at his own apartment. Um, that's that's a podcast setup for the evening. Yeah. So, oh man, I was looking at last week's uh, last week's outline. I was about to be like mid-season superlatives. Let's start talking about. Um, we're not doing that again. No, this week, uh, natural segue. This week, we are going to look at playoff races. We're currently in week fourteen. There are eight more weeks, uh, maybe nine. I don't know how that math works out. There's twenty-two weeks in the season. Yeah, there's nine weeks left, including this week, and the playoff race is kind of taking shape. So in each division, we wanted to take a look at the teams, you know, five or so teams that are still in the race, whether they currently hold a spot or not. 
um, for this, for purposes, uh, for the playoff race purposes, we're just assuming Ethan and Matt are in the playoffs. I know they neither of them have that much of a lead, but they'd have to, from where we're sitting right now, they're looking okay. So we're looking at all the, all five teams below each of them in each division. And we want to see how their schedule looks for the next four weeks, um, because the next four weeks is really going to set the stage for an exciting photo finish. I'm expecting with the new division format. Um, so let's start with Arthur Rhodes. We're, the three of us are all stressed out about Sam Crawford. We'll save that one. And Arthur Rhodes, I'll start with you, Trevor. Who's a team that you think is, is going to struggle over the next four weeks? Um, I, you know, we've got, we've got all the team schedules in front of us. You know the standings as they are right now. Who do you think is dropping in the next four weeks based off of who they're facing? I mean, I, there's like uh, – I've not hated on Chris, but I have been tough on him in the last two podcasts saying that I thought he was going to miss the playoffs. Um, and, and, I mean, that holds true. I still think he's going to miss. He's got a pretty tough schedule coming up. But but I guess like I'm going to cop out kind of. And I think Brad – I think Brad is um, is is in for a rough one, and not not necessarily because he's paying less attention or anything this year, or whatever you know Brad's knocks may be. But uh, when you look at his upcoming teams, um, he's got um, this week. Who's he playing? He's playing. Is it Huck this week? So yeah, this yeah. Okay, week, so he's got Huck. Th- he's playing Huck. Huck this week, and then Max, and then Matt. And then Chris, who, so, I mean, I don't think that Chris's team is bad. I was just like, that was my bold prediction was saying that Chris wasn't going to make the playoffs. Um, so he's still good. So to go like Huck, Max, Matt, and then Chris, like uh, those are, I mean, those are tough weeks coming up and he's already kind of on the outside of the playoffs um, right now. Um, granted, he's only like what, a game behind. So yeah, he's only a game behind the playoff spot, um, but still, it's just that's a tough schedule coming up. So I think he's I think he's got a rough road, and he might be on the outside looking in. I agree that it's it's going to be a tough look for him the next four weeks. Out of all the teams we're talking about tonight, Brad definitely has the toughest road ahead. If we're just basing it off of what people have done so far this year, um, if you average the Roto ranking score of Huck, myself, Matt, and uh, Chris, who are his next four opponents, it is 159, which means if you look at Roto rankings, his strength of schedule is like he's facing the Dukes of Flatbush for the next four consecutive weeks, which is, that's not fun. That's not a fun road. Um, so, I mean, Brad is doing better this year. He's the master of ties. He's the master of interleague play. Like he has a winning record against Sam Crawford who can't beat Arthur Rhodes for some reason. And three of those matchups are Sam Crawford. So maybe he's, he's able to pull it off, but it's, it's not going to be easy. Levi, when you look at the upcoming schedules for Arthur Rhodes playoff teams, who do you think should be concerned and why? Um, man, Trevor, I'm glad he didn't say Chris because I'm going to go ahead and say Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can so, we can agree on things on the podcast. Yeah, you're allowed yeah. to say it. Yeah. Oh, so I could have said okay. All right, cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's great to have differing opinions, but if you think it's <laughs> you know Brad, then go. 
yeah, Chris too, yeah. Okay. Um, so Chris has, uh, looks like seven, no, six people on the IL. I believe that's too, too many. Um, <laughs> your math, for, uh... your math stands up there. Yeah. That's, okay. that's two more than, uh, than you want to have generally. Yeah. And granted he's made some really good moves. He picked up Rimfro when I dropped Rimfro at the time I, I had too many good hitters. And so I was just like, man, one's got to go. Um, so I dropped her and probably picked him up. He has Acuna. He has um, just a, a really strong offense, really strong team in general. But um, if he really wants to hold on to some of these guys, like Michael Fulmer and like Colton Wong, I think one of those guys can definitely be dropped. Um, and that's going to hold him back. I am looking at a schedule, uh, wild card. Uh, Brad has the toughest uh, schedule in Arthur Rhodes going forward, but uh, Chris has the second toughest. He's got Shalomial, the leader uh, of the Arthur Rhodes division right now this week, and then he's got a pretty tough schedule ahead of him. The one thing is, like, one of these teams that I see bouncing back is Tony because he's just had unbelievably bad luck with his team, I feel like, and some of the injuries that he has. So I, I feel like Tony's going to bounce back. He has him after Shalomial. And then uh, there's also, he's facing Max the week after that. Max is trying to fight for a playoff spot. Um, I just think that he's going to have a rough three weeks ahead of him for sure. Yeah, no, Chris is, uh, Chris is kind of in a spot too. And you're right about injured players. I don't agree that you... That he should drop Colton Wong. Colton Wong's batting. He hits leadoff for the Brewers when he's healthy. He hit nine home runs in, in a short period of time. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let me stop. Batting you, over right? Let's drop him. Let's drop him. Yeah, yeah drop him. Waiver wire all star Colton Wong. Yeah. Um, uh. And it's interesting you mentioned Tony. So Tony is obviously coming off his biggest win of the year. You know, his team has been bad so far. Like he is, he's been a bottom feeder. So far, now he's sitting there five and eight after beating the best team in the league, and he's got four consecutive weeks against Arthur Rhodes. So it's it's difficult teams in Arthur Rhodes. He plays Sutton first, but then it's Chris, Ethan, Andrew, all back-to-back, three current playoff teams. This is the best opportunity he's going to get for the rest of the year to make his team relevant. So I yeah. I would anticipate him maybe losing three out of four of those games. Uh, but it, like I said, if his team can bounce back and do what they did last week, he can really shake up the playoff race and Arthur Rhodes, he's in the right division for it. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's one of the teams that, and like every year is good. Um, except for this year. I mean, I don't, I didn't really pay attention that much last year, obviously, but, uh, man, he has so many good players. Um, and like some of those guys like Rendon, uh, and some of the other guys that he's had like every single year are just like not playing up to what they should be playing at. And, and uh, I think he's going to bounce back because he knows the analytics of fantasy baseball a lot better than a lot of us. Tony does. He has like Tony. Yeah. He has like a ton of different teams on like a ton of different leagues. Um, At least when I was talking to Huck about it, I don't really know. I don't know the guy, 
uh, personally, uh, other than the fact that he's been in our league for a long time. But you're, you're uh, giving us third hand analysis. Is that what we're yeah. talking about here? <laughs> I guess it's not very professional. It's professional podcast. I'm sorry. Professional podcast. But I heard through the grapevine yeah. <laughs> that, that he's he's really good at analytics. Yeah, I I just think that he's always been good, and he's not good right now. I mean, the law of averages. He's got to be pretty good to end the season. I feel like. Listen, my brother's barber knows Ray Liotta, and Ray Liotta says that Tony knows everything about fantasy baseball. Um, uh, the Yankees the, keep talking about law of averages and stuff, and they're under 500. So, oh god, law of averages is the way to go when you're not doing well. I should start using yeah, that. Like, if my yeah, ever like, like, hey man, you're not you're not doing much work right now. I'll be like, law of averages. I'll bounce back. Okay. Yeah, Andrew, I got to tell you about our matchup. I'm just gonna skip ahead and sorry, law of averages. Uh you're yeah, tough loss for you this week. Yeah, you're due. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you mentioned Andrew. You are facing him this week. Andrew hasn't lost since week eight. Um, he there's a tie in there, but for the most part, it's wins and it's wins by a lot. Beat me 10 to 4, beat Ethan 11 to 3, tied Chris before facing him again the second week in a row, beating him 10 to 5. And just beat Brad nine to six. Are you a little uh, a little nervous playing Andrew right now? Hot streak, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. His pitching, like I like when you look at it, his pitching versus mine. I mean, they're different strategies, and I think that his strategy for pitching plays very well against mine. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to maneuver some things and hope my offense turns it around um law of averages and stuff uh yeah law of averages because yeah. <laughs> it, it hasn't been great like last week was like the like only the third time i've been in double digits and home runs and they like look at my it's like i mean it's fine if you like punt home runs but i'm like i i've tried really hard to get home runs <laughs> like i might yeah. carlos stanton cody bellinger kyle tucker you know donaldson story Michelle, these guys are supposed to hit home runs or pray you. And I'm like, I've like, I'm middle of the pack in home runs. And so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried. Um, and he's been hot, you know, it's nice to be riding a hot, hot streak. Um, so yeah, I'm a little worried. It's a tough opponent. Um, try to play good and you hope to play good. And I think we'll play pretty good. Yeah. In law of averages. You know, so <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause if you, if Andrew can get past you, then he gets to a pretty easy part of his schedule. Like in, in comparison to every other team in Arthur Rhodes in the playoff race, he using Roto rankings is has the easiest schedule after you facing Adam um, over in Sam Crawford, then facing John and Arthur Rhodes, who knows how many of John's minor league players will be in the majors um, three weeks from now. And then he's got Tony, which we mentioned earlier, Tony's going to face him. And aside from last week, Tony's team has been pretty underwhelming. But like I said, if we're four weeks from now, we could be talking about a playoff contender. Like they could be going head to head, trying to compete for the same spot. So either way, Andrew, after he faces you, you know, can kind of, I don't want to say he can cruise because any team can win any given week, but his, his strength of schedule looks good. So if I'm him, I'm, I'm hoping get through rum ham and then, uh, and then just, you know, float into the playoffs. Yeah, I think um, Andrew's team, looking at these Roto rankings, looks awfully similar to my dad's team, Duke's Flatbush. Um, just very balanced, like really outstanding pitching, 
and then the offense isn't too bad. Um, and he's sixth overall on the rotor rankings. So I think that, you know, his, his strength schedule only being 119, uh, facing teams like Master Chief Wahoos and the Never Nudes back to back, like that is uh, having a balanced team is an easy way to just have two easy wins. Uh, and so I, I think that he's definitely going to climb the standings. And yeah, I think he in the next couple of weeks could be like number two in that division. So he's got a pretty easy time ahead of him. By the way, I, I know we're using the Roto rankings as as a strength of schedule uh, point of reference this week, but I'm super pissed off being six and seven and being first in Roto rankings. Like, fuck this. And, this is stupid. <laughs> I know, and like, uh, Huck loves to give you shit about the Roto rankings, and they do help. They're a great cursor for what's going on with your team and stuff like that. But, but they are, I mean, it is, that's why it's not a Roto leagues because there's like, there's some, there's been like three weeks where I haven't started like two or three pitchers because I was winning in walks and wasn't going to win strikeouts, but had ERA and whip because of that. And was like, you know, in the mix with quality starts and wins or something. So like, I was like, well, I'm not going to pitch Molly against the or something, you know, like that's, that's, and that's a tricky part because my pitch, Roto doesn't look great, but that's I've probably missed like seven starts and some of that, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what's yeah, tricky, yeah. you know. I mean, hitting is usually it is what it is, like, but the pitching is with Huck's strategy, he's lower in pitching. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, he's never I, gonna be like the top of the rotor rankings because he has two starting pitchers on his whole team, right? So it yeah, can be so. very misleading as far as like what team is actually good or not. Um, and it's just that a does tool, suck. it's just a good tool to use to see, but the but it with the strength of schedule and that. so again it's and all be all but max knows that so it's not like it's i mean he's just using it as a as a reference point for um for what's going on around the league and it does help that like especially for trades like coming up in the next couple of weeks when people are like you got some sellers that are you know trying to and you're like i can go oh damn i'm middle of the pack in home runs even though i have all these mashers i need to that's where I need to improve, you know, and who has the most home runs. And you're like, can one of these guys be sold, you know, or it's like somebody yeah. that's like Adelise Garcia is not keepable. So if Chuck falls out of the, in the next couple of weeks and, you know, I'd see what you can, if you can throw him a keeper, you know, he might be willing to do that just for some pop in your lineup or something like that. So that's where I it just, really helps. I'm yeah. just pissed off. It's week 13 and I have a losing <laughs> record. I don't, I don't like where we're at. It's, uh, well, it, it's hashtag not my division, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag hate my division. Hashtag <laughs> law of averages. We got law of averages. Okay? That, that's what we're talking about. Is that, yeah. that going to be the title of the podcast yeah. on Spotify? Yeah. Law of averages. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that. it's better than titties. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, organic segue, Sam Crawford. Um, let's let's talk about the most competitive division in all of fantasy sports. Arthur Rhodes, everybody's still in it. Uh, it has been a fun family. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody just do your best and, and you get to be in the playoff race. Meanwhile, we're in the gauntlet. Okay, we are we're we're hitting the ground just just pedal to the metal pavement 
yeah. uh, Battlefield. You, you got you got Lyman of the Planets as he's you know it's chlorophyll, and you spin it, you spin <laughs> it around. So there's a lot happening. It's it's a big time playoff race. Let's talk about so two through six right now. Our current playoff race. We've got Huck is in second, Chase is in third, Trevor's in fourth, Levi, you're in fifth, and I am in sixth currently. But we have a very different strength of schedule coming up. The most important thing that I'm I'm seeing at least is we've got another back-to-back matchup. Chase and Trevor, currently third and fourth, um, and currently in playoff spots in Sam Crawford a couple weeks from now, play each other back to back. Wow. Trevor, how do you feel about that coming up? Oh not good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um it's rough like i i i'm i mean my the caveat to it is like it, it will be hard and this for for both of us like not saying it's hard to beat somebody twice and to do it twice in a row like that would be i mean like you're weak you just have to have a team go off for two weeks which is pretty difficult so i mean that like i can say like uh you know hopefully in the worst case we split you know, because it's it, like if he gets a great pitching and like be some two start guys or something, then the following week he probably won't have two start guys and I will. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's just going to be difficult to to sweep that. So that's yeah. kind of like how I'm making myself feel more comfortable about it. <laughs> and it is sandwiched with with not sandwiched, but I go Andrew, tough opponent, Victor and you know less than really good different (laughs) (laughs) um and then and then so i feel like if i can come out of that out of those four like even two and two and and in five and three like i still feel good about that you know so it's yeah it is what it is you know i'm lucky that i got off to a good start um and was like five oh and one in the first six weeks so um, kind of still riding that, but um, we can get it back together and get back on the on this on a little streak here. That's like that's it's like any it's like major league. But if when you get you put string a few together, man, it feels so good. Like, yeah, somebody, anybody on like a win streak or, I mean, yeah, Andrew, like yeah, that's well, like I mean, <laughs> it, it really just like changes the. I mean, Andrew was somebody that we talked to and text a lot a couple of weeks ago and was really down on his team and he made some trades to change some things but as far as his core was there and uh he's probably changed his tune a lot and, and feels pretty good about himself so so and you know it's it's interesting that so you're currently two games ahead of levi levi is on the outside looking in um sitting in fifth and sam crawford but levi we made two trades this week, two big trades this week. Um, and sure. your schedule is difficult, not not quite Trevor's, but you've also got a tough slate of matchups coming up. Do you think those trades are gonna kind of put your team over the edge, give you give you what you need? Yeah, I think uh I think they're good trades for both of us. I mean, I lost Whit Merrifield and I lost Brian McMahon, two players that had outstanding first halves and I think you and me both think that they're not going to be as dominant. I mean, I know you hope. That no, I think they're going to be dominant. Keep it up. I, that's, <laughs> I don't speak for me. 
I think they're going to be the best players of all time. Bob Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I think my team is in for a vast improvement um, over the previous weeks. There was a few weeks where I just, you know, I kind of like looked at my team and I was like, not really like inspired by checking the waiver wire every morning or anything like that. Just like I had time, you know, I always have time to, you know, to do it if I need to, but, um, but now I'm, I'm locked in and snubs are, you know, going to make a run for it. Um, I think the, the main thing about my schedule is I have the Wahoos, which I assume is going to be an instant win. Sorry, Adam. But, instant uh <laughs> you're coming into you're coming into that week what week 17 or week 16 <laughs> and it's a dub yeah i i hope so and that's that's what i believe but um but those other three teams man like chase huck uh and my dad like that's gonna be tough but i do think that now that my team is extremely more balanced getting drinky and manoa as uh starting pitchers i think it's just gonna be a lot easier uh to win in some of those pitching categories um Rather than just like I'm gonna pick up five starters and get as many strikeouts as possible and like just <laughs> live with my five point something ERA, um, I think I'll be able to compete in ERA and WHIP and and possibly quality starts and wins as well. Um, one thing I did want to mention is Huck is currently second in our division, but I think he's going down. I think I think, think he's inevitable. going down. I think it's inevitable that he his strategy just kind of stops working and what i mean by this is i was at his house over the weekend and um he explained his strategy to me and like when i first thought about it i was like man that's smart like that's a brilliant strategy um but then i was like wait you're losing an era your era is like five something and he's like well that's because uh like otani did this or like you know this happened but it's like that could happen any week. Like one of your starters or like one of your relievers could give up like five runs and like that'll happen. And then you're like stuck with the one quality start and like the two wins and the, you know, like, like everything else just kind of crumbles from there. And I feel like that may work, you know, in a clever way sometimes, but especially when it comes to the playoffs, if he does make the playoffs, uh, like there will be the team he's facing being like, man, I'm going to prepare my team to face this weird team. That's going to lose in these certain categories. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's not, I mean, it's not the first time it's been done now. So right. John, John won with it. And so it. Oh, uh, we got it's a lot of averages. It's um, he, he's trying to win. Oh, it's Trevor, a lot so of averages. You cut out um, and yeah. like, well, that <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it is, he's trying to win the most amount of, I mean, it, it is good for getting to the playoffs. Um, yeah. And like I said, John won with it. So it does, I mean, it's worked before, but you're right. It, it, when you get to the playoffs and that's what you're relying on, then you, if you go two and one in this regular season on a three game stretch, that's great. Right. If that happens in the playoffs, you got nothing, you know what I mean? So yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it can it can work. He's just get you, but I mean, it's a lot of you got to get lucky and hope that his relievers don't blow up in the playoffs. But I agree with you. I think that um, it's not the greatest. I tried it last year or in nineteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Last full season. 
Yep. There he goes again. Yeah. Yep. I, if you're he's automatically giving up categories, oh well. Me and no, 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 no. No, you're, you're yeah. back. You Long guys are energy. taking each other's bandwidth. It's yeah. uh it's ruining each other's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> he said ruining each other. What the hilarious thing about this is Trevor doesn't know when he's gonna get cut out or not, so he doesn't know like when to keep talking. <laughs> oh, eh, <laughs> <laughs> Bob had a baby. It's a boy, you know. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I agree with you, Levi. It's a it's a tough strategy to repeat in the playoffs, so that's what I've been trying to say for the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. interesting thing about about Huck's strategy, we're able to see how often he wins each category. And here's his record. So he, he it's a 5-3. He wants to get saves, locks, holds, ERA, and whip. Um, and he's explained it all and whatever. Uh, he is 9-4 and four in walks, 11-2 and two in holds, 10 and three in ERA and 11 and two in whip. The reason he's trying to trade for saves right now is because he's only seven, four and two. Um, he's still, it's, it's easy for him to get holds because he rosters so many middle relievers and starting pitching spots, but there's only, only so many closers in the league and closers rotate so often. So many people lose their closing job that, you know, it, Unless you take the Brad strategy, which if I'm not mistaken, Brad's got the best record on. Actually, no, uh, Chris has the best record on saves in the league. He's 10-2-1. and one. Uh, Brad is also good, 7-2-4. and four. He's only lost it twice still. Brad loves to tie. Um, but unless you like draft a bunch of closers early, you really have to work to get those saves, regardless of how many relievers you roster. So that's why he's blowing up the group text, like, all right, who's got the saves? Trade yeah, and, it, and it's going to be hard to he's going to have to give I mean like nobody's going to want to give like you saves especially knowing your strategy for Jeff McNeil you're, you're he's going to have to part ways with like Torkelson or like somebody like valuable I mean Blackman or somebody like right. and I don't know that that makes him his team better like like I'm nobody's going to be like sure I'll give you um Kendall Graveman for Jace Peterson like that's just not you know what I mean like even though Graveman's not the best closer or whatever I mean he's been so obviously solid but he's on the Mariners but still he's gonna have to give up a pretty good value to try and get that especially knowing exactly what his strategy is so it's gonna be tough to to do that and and yeah he can win a week and uh you know but that's that's just one category so yeah, it is what it is. if his 5-3 strategy turns more into a 4-4 four, four strategy where he just he just punts pitching entirely and says, I'm going to tie it every week and my hitters are going to win it, he is currently 10th in Roto rankings offensively. So yep. uh, obviously leads yeah. the league in triples, but the rest of his team, you're right. Uh, you know, he talked about Jace Peterson. We were with him this weekend. He talked about Jace Peterson all weekend. All time. He's yeah. been so hot. But yeah, you're right. Nobody's gonna trade for Chase Peterson. So that guy's a career like I without even probably a career twenty two thirty hitter. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not great. I mean, he's, he's riding the wave. I disagree with Levi that he's gonna fall off in the next four weeks, though. I, I totally get him maybe being a little bit more vulnerable to losing any given matchup in the playoffs. Um, I'd say with this strategy, he might win three out of five games. But like it's really hard to get on a 
Like it's really hard to get a win streak if anybody has a decent bullpen. You know, like whenever he went up against Ethan, Ethan got seven saves, and he can't. That's that's he just ended up surrendering one of his five pitching categories. But he faces Brad, whose team is no joke this year. Then Levi, and then he's got Victor and John back to back, who have been less than stellar so far this year. And I think, I mean, using his five three strategy, especially with John's team, where Huck's going to beat him at in at bats and get all the offensive counting stats that he can. Um, just because John rosters so many guys that don't play baseball. Like, I I don't know. I, I don't see Huck losing a playoff spot. I don't think he's in any danger. Um, like, that's why I, as much as, so I've got a very weak strength of schedule the next four weeks, uh, you know, uh, organic segue. Um, like, as far as everybody's schedule that we're talking about tonight, on average, I'm I'm facing a 109 every week, which the closest team to that is Brad. It'd be like me facing Brad every week, which incidentally, I think uh, I do play Brad at some point. Yeah, I, I face Brad after playing Victor this week. So that's not yeah. to say that I should win all these matchups, but I've already gotten through a lot of difficult matchups. I'm hoping my schedule, I haven't looked beyond these next four weeks, but I'm hoping my schedule uh, gets a little bit easier. It's really depressing putting together like doing all the math and putting together the categories and thinking you have a good team and, and being sub 500 it just sucks so that yeah, it's said, very interesting. i need to go on a huge run i think i think you might i mean like you're right like with these numbers that you put together you have the easiest schedule going forward and sam crawford um i think you easily win three out of these next four matchups um, with the only you know difficult one being the the Houston Tigers or Tiger emoji, um, I think that what's interesting in Sam Crawford and the way you put it as like yeah it's this is a like a war this is like a very intense uh, division. It's interesting that you were like uh, sixth and you were like in the hunt, but. Uh, I think it's very possible that you move up to like fourth or third in these next few weeks. Um, and it's like, the question is like, what do I do? Or like, what does Trevor's team do? What does Chase's team do? We're all like so close. Um, and it's, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like all, yeah, there's definitely going to be some deserved team that don't make it in. Definitely. And then yeah, Arthur Rhodes, I, I think everyone in Arthur Rhodes, you know, is, is trying to win other than like John. Um, but <laughs> I think that there's so many like teams in our division that are just really intensely like paying attention and trying to just win whenever they can, uh, which is why the records are slightly better in Sam Crawford than they are in Arthur Rhodes. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think this, uh, this document that you've put together is really interesting just because you're currently, um, in uh, sixth, but you have the easiest schedule while like Chase is sitting comfortably in third, but he has like a crazy difficult schedule going forward. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. Like I really wish I see these numbers and I'm, I'm like intrigued. I'm like, Ooh, oh, law of averages. I like this. Um, but like the problem is if Huck, Chase and Trevor, all three of them go on a two game win streak somehow, which I don't think is possible. Um, and then I go, on a, or they go on a two-game losing streak, and I go on a two-game winning streak. I'm still behind them in the playoff race. Like, like if assuming that you also win for the next two weeks, 
we don't move anywhere in the standings. The standings <laughs> stay the same. I am two and a half games out of a playoff spot with nine weeks left. You know, like this is uh, this is really like uh, I've got a couple of weeks where if I can't get through this stretch, which you're right, if if we're looking at standings and roto rankings, it's pretty, it's an easier stretch than I've faced so far. But if I can't get through it, if, if Victor takes me down, if Brad takes me down, and, and Adam's team starts playing the way I've been talking about on the podcast, like I'm going to have to be, be a seller. I'm going to have to play for keepers, which I haven't done since like 2014. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a you know backyard humble humble brag there. It's uh, you know mm-hmm. the law of averages. It's it kicks in, and you know you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever make a trade like that again. Like you said, doing a, a keeper trade to someone who obviously isn't going to make the playoffs. I did that once. I did that once with Ethan where I traded, I believe it was like Will Myers and JT Real Muto. who was in the 20th round for just like a bunch of, I don't know, like spot starts just so I could try to win the first round. I ended up losing the first round that year when we made that trade. So like that's a dreaded trade. It may help you out, but uh but yeah, I hope I don't have to do something like that with like Tatis or another big player if it comes down to it. But uh, don't do that. No, Speaking yeah, Tatis, I'm not going to, AKA, AKA Tatis, Brad's always talking about. Do yeah. you want to just do a give a blanket message to the league about the Tatis offers you received? I think you had interest on Albies. Um, I'm not sure what other players people have reached out to you about, but you have had a a. Uh, a flurry of trade offers. Well, people have thought of you as a person that is difficult to trade with in the past. You have some antics of sorts when you receive a deal that you feel is not fair. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, we've we've successfully completed two trades in the last week. So do you have any thoughts just for the league on what you want to trade for currently or how you feel about the Tatis slash Tatis offers? Yes. Um, okay. Blanket statement to everybody. 99% sure I'm not going to trade Tatis. However, what Max does when he offers me a trade, and he's done this like every season, because I think he knows me um, well enough to be able to trade successfully with me. Uh, yeah, he looks met. to see what needs my team has and then makes like a one-for-one or two-for-two trade. Um that will basically be like, this instantly makes my team better. Um, a lot of you have done that. However, I had like six trade offers one week. Um, and I just like, I'm tired of declining them. And and they all had to tease in them. And a, a lot of them were like, you know, like three for one or four for one trades. Those just don't work out. That doesn't really help me. That means I have to drop like three guys. And maybe for like some situational purposes, it may make my team better. But um, what Max did is he wanted Wit, and he traded like Grinky, pretty much straight up. Um, and then I also got uh, Teoscar Hernandez out of it because um, it was basically like two for one there. Um, I think that was a great trade for me. It helped me out a ton. But the other trade offers that I'm getting for Tatis or Albies, um, it's just like similar players for better players, but you're offering me like more players than I'm trading away so just i don't think it really helps me um but yeah i mean the only offer that i've gotten for tatis um that has really sparked my interest was kevin 
I'm not going to say the details of the trade, but Kevin offered me um, a bunch of players for a bunch of my players, and I was like, this seems pretty fair. So I countered with something that wasn't, you know, very fair to him. And I think he thought about it, but he was like, no, that's just too much. And so I think really the only person who's given me like a serious, you know, um, back and forth where it would be a good trade for both of us was was Kevin. For, uh, for yeah, when you're when you're trading somebody know. like that, it it just has to be like the grandfather offer. Like there's just like the like how I traded Acuna it was just like I just look at it and I like was like through the I mean I can turn this down, but like no turn this down. Like my yeah. pitching, my best pitcher at the time was Max Street, and um. I, he offered me Bueller, Bellinger, and Robert for Acuna. Literally one player. I think I had to, oh I because it like the like you said I had to drop some or he had to drop people or whatever. So it was like it was and I think I got Eliezer who was on the aisle. Yeah, that's what it was. so it's like I mean that's like an offer that you can't refuse. Like uh, yeah. and even Tatis would probably demand more, but just because of eligibility, um, having a shortstop. At the same level as Acuna, that's outfield. I mean, that's <laughs> you yeah. stop the rest of your time in this league. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna bring it, you got to bring it with something like you're obviously losing the trade. Uh-huh. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can. So, we already old time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just, you're right. You're it's, I mean, it's just, it's going to be hard to get rid of him, but somebody, if, if somebody wants to do it, they're just going to have to overwhelm you. And that's yeah. just how it is for somebody like that. I think to your point and to Max's point earlier, um, when you're trading one of these guys, it has to be like a, uh, like a playoff sort of trade because, and what I mean by that is, uh, these guys are trading me like, and saying like, well, this guy is kept in this round, or like this guy is whatever. Um, if I ever trade Tatis, it's gonna be just like a trade that is heavily in my favor. Same thing for Acuna, same thing for Vlad Guerrero, same thing for Albies. Um, it's gonna be heavily in my favor, um, but it means that you get Tatis for future seasons. That's the trade. Um, and no one's offered me that. It's just been like, well, this guy's in the tenth, and he's crazy. Like one one big example is was Chase. Chase like blew up my phone with text messages um, after he helped me with my tire situation, which I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> just gave me some advice on the on the tire tear that I had. Um, but he kept trying to offer Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins is having like the year of his life. And I know that. Chase knows that. He's at a ceiling. Um, but what is Cedric Mullins with the combination of like a few other players really yeah, the, gonna mean for me yeah uh, the, this guy for, plus this guy plus this guy plus this guy for tatis it, it just you're right unless you're like and i again i'm not trying to be rude but unless you're in a spot like victor where you know you, your offense kind of just blah like that yeah. he's the one person that should be looking at for like five solid players because like none of because the rest of his team is kind of waiver wire. Like he's got Solano, Gregorius, Tony Kemp, um, Gavin Sheets. Like, like I mean, that's that. If was if it was going to make that trade, it would be Judge for four keepable, solid 
Cedric Mullins type of guys. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. what's gonna have to but for for somebody like you that has like Albies and Tatis and like uh, with I mean just getting beat up by your team. I know I'm all by heart now. Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but the, you, you don't have, you don't have the room to afford something like that. Like, so yeah, I don't need any more so, good hitters. I don't need to replace my team with good right. hitters or like worse hitters. I have them right now. It's fine. The, you're yeah. right. Like the people that I would trade with uh, would be like Victor or Adam or yeah. John. That's really all I'd be looking at. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't blame you. the The people that treat it like it's a math problem, where it's like if Acuna or if if Tatis equals a hundred, I'll give you right. these four players, like a twenty six, a twelve, a thirty four, <laughs> you know, and whatever the fourth number would be to make it a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking whiskey. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing math. You got a law of averages kicking in. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of like people on Facebook Marketplace when I'm like selling a table or something or I'm selling like a couch and they're just like, it'll be some guy and, and I'll have a, an ad like selling this table for a hundred bucks and it's like in perfect condition and then he'll be like, okay, that sounds good. Uh, what if I trade you my Xbox? I'm like, <laughs> I I just ignore that person. And that's how yeah. it was with the Tatis trades. So yeah, that's going to happen. I mean, that's not a bad offer. You know, <laughs> yeah, I guess you get, if, if you that was the actual really situation, I might have taken it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the best example. It's the old black and yellow, X, black and green Xbox, though. It's not even like the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the 360. <laughs> like the well, original Xbox. Like, oh. Will it play Touche, touche, touche. So that's our playoff race coming up. It's I think all three of us have a lot of interest in what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, Levi, I disagree with you about, about Huck struggling, but I can tell you right now, Chase has his work cut out for him facing Levi and then Dukes of Flatbush, who are inarguably one of the toughest people in Arthur Rhodes, and then Trevor back to back. So that's a, to me, if, if, if I'm looking at the next four weeks, Chase is the person in our division that has most to worry about. Like he's, don't get me wrong, again, Two and a half games ahead of me, two games ahead of Levi. If he goes two and two, he's keeping his playoff spot over the next four games. But God, that is that is just a a really tough run. I just can't imagine looking forward to that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Levi's, I, yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. Anybody, you know, it's interesting. It's uh yeah. <laughs> It's interesting this week with Chase. Um, this is the first real week. And I don't want to say I wasn't paying attention. First like you guys were saying week. in the previous podcast. But I wasn't paying as good of attention as I could have. But this is the first week in a while where I'm like checking my fantasy team every few hours. And like looking at the waiver wire. And like I think Chase is going down. This like, guy's so rubbing, it, rubbing it in my face, huh? Yeah. So oh man, yeah, I haven't. No, I forgot to look last week. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last week that was just a fluke, you know. Yeah. I, just, I didn't like my team. <laughs> I was like, I'm paying more better attention now, Chase. You're going down. Let me tell you, Levi. <laughs> having faced Chase uh, pretty recently, you don't want to shit talk Cedric Mullins when you're facing Chase. Don't do it. Don't test oh. the universe. Okay. 
there's the law of averages yeah. and then there's, there's there's you know there's god's law cedric's law and bird law. law it is bird, bird law. law um cedric mullins breaks all the laws and he is He's, he technically he is, is bird law well, yeah it's you baltimore birds go birds. go birds go birds yeah so <laughs> it, absolutely you're i'm gonna tell you right now facing cedric mullins is not fun do not besmirch the name cedric mullins okay um, well uh yeah i think cedric mullins is um i was reading this list of like players that you have to trade basically before the um the deadline like the fantasy deadline not like the the actual you know mlb deadline but cedric mullins just to keep it real brief was is one of those players that you need to trade because he's so, at his ceilings so i told you to stop besmirching him and then you went on besmirching <laughs> yes all right I gotta, uh, I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at i'm looking at my matchup notes that i took i gotta switch one of the one of the wins, <laughs> one of the women's I had posted. Oh, it's, no. You're begging for trouble. Yeah. Begging for trouble. It's like saying right. Cedric Mullins three times in the mirror and he just beats my team. <laughs> Cedric Mullins is Bloody Mary and Beetlejuice put together. Okay. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to move to everybody's favorite segment, Waiver Wire All-Stars. Now, I say this every week, but if you, this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. And we don't always talk about the law of averages this much. Um, in this segment, we pick one player, whether it's a hitter or a pitcher, that's currently unrostered that we think should be rostered and explain why. Um, this is not a player that we will have picked up by the time the podcast publishes, which, by the way, Levi, that's a rule. We explained it to Ethan last week, um, even though he knew. <laughs> that it was a rule and he still, you know, he was tempted. So as always, I'm going to name my wave of worlds first. So neither of you can steal them. And this week, second week in a row, I'm talking about a relief pitcher. And it's a guy by the name of Brad Brack. Brad, B-R-A-D, Brack, B-R-A-C-H. Brad. Um, Brad, Brad. Brack. So, so, what we used to know Brad Brack for was he was the setup man for the Orioles when the Orioles were bad. He was fantasy relevant for years um, behind what's his name who ended up going to the Yankees. Who's the closer I'm thinking of? Uh, Chapman? No? No, the lefty no. guy with yeah, the lefty, elbow. Uh, Britton. Zach Britton. Zach Britton, yeah. Oh. So he was the setup man for Zach Britton in Baltimore for a really long time. Um was traded around a couple of times in 2018, 2019, 2020, randomly played a few games for the Mets. And then this year, currently pitching for Cincinnati's just bizarre, awful bullpen. Um, and he's one of the few bright spots that they've had this year. Brad Brack, currently sitting with a 225 ERA with a 276 FIP. He's for real, striking out more than a guy per inning, not walking nearly as many guys as he has in the past. Um, getting more ground balls than he ever has in his entire career. And when he when people are hitting fly balls, they're not hitting them very hard against it. So the Cincinnati bullpen currently is just, it's wide open. Um, I picked up Amir Garrett, who I loved. Like, I, I wanted to draft him. I tried to trade John for him, and then he fell apart. I have no idea what happened. He's still a really talented pitcher. He seems to have been bouncing back recently. I, I've picked him up, and I think he is like sharing the default closer role for Cincinnati. But at any given time, I would not be surprised if they turned that closer role over 
to Brad Brack. Um, but in the meantime, when he's not the closer, I want to say he had three holds just last week. Uh, if we're looking at the last 14 days, dude's got a one, two, three ERA, a 0.95 whip, three holds and a save. He They're going to pitch him in high leverage situations. And Cincinnati with that offense, like they're going to have a lot of save situations. The only reason that you don't have a whole lot of holds and saves out of that bullpen for this year is because everyone but Brad Brack has been awful. Just absolutely terrible. They've blown almost as many saves, and I say almost, as many saves as Philadelphia, which the Phillies bullpen is an absolute joke. I'm proud to own the Philly and Cincinnati closer, by the way. Currently six and seven, killing it in fantasy baseball. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Go out and pick up Brad Brick. If you need a reliever, Trevor, give me your waiver wire all-star. First, I just want to say... Lucas Sims for, again, I've talked about how much I love Cincinnati pitchers and the reasons why Derek Johnson, uh, driveline, blah, 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 blah. They are very analytically driven. Very probably for pitching the most, I would say above the Astros, even though Brent Strom loves that stuff too. But if you go and look at Lucas Sims fan graphs and, uh Statcast, you'll see why he'll be their closer for the rest of the season. Okay, so Brad Brack is going to be—he's going to be a good arm for them. And Hembry's been Heath Hembry has been uh, has been the closer while they've been out. I mean, they've just been going like between Hembry, Brack, and uh, Garrett. So those guys are all going to get good innings. And yeah, Cincinnati's a good baseball team, so that won't hurt. But um. I've been I've been hot with my waiver wire all stars. So if you're listening, uh, you're welcome. You want to take a bow? You want to take a bow on on who you're talking? Yeah, I mean, hey, baseball's hard. So when you get it right, you got to take your victory laps, and that's just how it is. So um, my one from last week got picked up already, and and Chuck, when I told him that Nico Horner was my. um waiver wire all-star he was like oh yeah i didn't know i didn't listen to the podcast oh that's interesting um which i thought was um <clears throat> bullshit so lie <laughs> yeah um so my guy this it, week oh, the horn okay. dog huh oh yeah, wait yeah. you calling that oh yeah <laughs> yeah hearing chucks is like dead giveaway right um yeah. this week i'm kind of cheating but i mean we're talking about waiver wire all-stars like, why is David Peralta? I know Matt just dropped him, but like, why? I mean, what what is Dave Peralta doing on waiver wire all star list? Um, he has seventeen doubles. He's striking out the least. Um, he has since two thousand seventeen. It's the least in his career, sixteen percent. His BABIP is actually low for his career. He's a career three thirty three BABIP, and right now it's two ninety four. And even with that, he's still hitting 250, like which is a way above league average this year. Um, I'd say the only and – and even though he's on the Dimebacks, he hits lead up. He has 30 runs, 38 RBIs. Like, I mean, the, the one knock I can think on him is his left field eligibility. That's like it. I mean, that kind of sucks, I guess, for utility purposes and stuff, but – like he's going to probably hit 35 doubles this year. Like, and he has six triples. So he's probably going to be on Huck's team by the end of this podcast. 
Um, and then his his stat cast numbers back it up. He doesn't swing and miss. His chase rate is um, you know in the middle of the pack. But if your if your chase rate as far as swinging outside the zone is middle of the pack, then that's like you're a good hitter. That's a premier stat for that category um whiff percentage he doesn't swing and miss his stuff inside the zone so if it's in the zone he swings he's hitting it he's his max exit velocity for 33 years old is 90th percentile in the league um for a bunch of young just bruisers that we have for a 33 year old dave peralta to be in 90th percentile is he only has four home runs but if you look at a spray chart it's because he just mashes to the opposite field. It's kind of what he's been doing for his whole career. So um, up there, he might chip and steal. He only has one right now, but you know, you'll take what you can get there. Um, so, yeah, I, I know he's been dinged up, but there's no reason for Dave Brawl to, to be on. And this is somebody, like I said last week with Horner, that like, I just wish I had a spot for. Uh, like, it's to a point where I'm like, I'm just going to freaking – Next time, Josh Donaldson, if I hear anything about a Josh Donaldson calf injury, <laughs> David Peralta, you're in there, dude. So, yeah, we're all-star. David Peralta, go get him. I yeah. like, don't love David Peralta. He's very uh, Yandy to me, which you know I love Yandy Diaz. Hit ball hard. Hit ball mostly on the ground. Um, like, that's... Uh, I David Peralta would be wrong. I mean, he has a if, 20, 22 career, 20% career line drive rate. And right now it's at 18. So no, that's great. That's good. Yeah. But I'm saying the fly balls, he, he doesn't, he hits 50% of the balls on the ground and he hits right. really now, hard, but he's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. But in a, in a shift, 50% of the, but look at his spray chart. I mean, if he, oh, if, yeah, he's all over if, the place. If those are against the shift, some that's why he has six triples. There's like, he has like 15 balls literally like down the left field line. I mean, that's probably why he has six triples. Like, there's a shifting. He's literally just hitting ground balls over there and he's getting, he has 17 doubles and 16 triples. And, and all his home runs are to right. So if he pulls the ball, then looking good if he hits it the other way looking good so uh, yeah the, that's what's difficult about line drive percentage and ground ball percentage especially in today's game is because they're not playing him straight up for sure i mean his expected batting average is exactly what it's what it's sitting at so none of that's horseshit you know so yeah i mean I, you're right, right. There, there's a lot of ground ball in his profile and his launch angles down from previous years but to, but i mean he could fix that in a swing change easily. You know, if he gets that to like six and a half percent, which he's literally been his whole career, 6.4, 6.4, 6.8, then there's like five more doubles that you didn't expect. So I was... six triples this season. My entire team uh, this season is six triples. My entire oh, wow. like, sounds like you're due for a David Peralta. <laughs> <new up. laughs> yeah, you're you're selling me on David Peralta. I got to I quit talking about David Peralta. He probably, he probably had like four in one week. And just like, <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like David Peralta used to be left field, right field. Um, probably now he's probably. only left field. I think anytime you take away one of those position eligibility, um, or one of those positions, I think that their own percentage just goes down. Uh, due yeah, to 
need. Uh, I think I, that's, that's probably name. why Matt dropped him for sure. And that's why I said that's his only knock because Matt has Juan Soto and Yelich as left field, right field eligibility. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, but he deserves it not over Nate Lowe and his utility. Like, uh, yeah, sure. I would say he's very consistent. Like he's, uh, you're right. Like his, his average isn't that bad compared to previous years. And he's a cleanup hitter. I don't think any cleanup hitter needs to uh, be on the waiver wire. I mean, maybe like for like the Marlins or something. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely uh, someone that I'm looking at right now. And I'm like, damn, like <laughs> yeah. what's going, what's going on. You better wait. Like All right, Levi, Victor, go do it. Yeah. Victor, um, Victor, go pick him up. Uh, mine is going to be a guy that uh, maybe some people haven't heard of who's also uh, a Diamondback. Um, it is Pavin slash Pavin. Pavin? Pavin. Pavin Smith. So Pavin Smith, uh, just some background, he was drafted seventh overall in the 2017 draft. Uh, he is a first baseman slash right fielder i don't know what he is in fantasy he is well he's first base left field center field right field so he's got a lot of eligibility um he is hitting pretty well this year he's not like a monster um but the thing is whenever you have one of these guys that were like in the first round and they're 25 years old and their whole career hasn't been you know flashy i think they're due um law of averages uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, now you speak my language. Um, and so <laughs> what he yourself? did, <laughs> uh, what he did is in when he was in Double A, uh, just two years ago before the the COVID season, uh, batting average two ninety one, three seventy on base percentage, um, and just about like four hundred at bats, at twelve home runs, sixty seven RBIs. Uh, fast forward, he doesn't even go to Triple A. He just goes straight to the majors in the COVID season. And even with that skip, he's hitting 270 last year, 341 on base percentage, like nothing crazy, but for him to be hitting so consistently, um, and really this is like first year, he had 37 at bats last year. This is his first year, so he's technically a rookie, I believe. Um, I think this guy is due to blow up at some point. So compared to David Peralta, I think in the short term, David Peralta is probably a better choice. But if you're looking for one of those guys that you can pick up now, and you can avoid being like, oh, man, like 50% of the leagues picked them up. I should have picked them up like two weeks ago. This is going to be the guy. Um, I think he's just going to just get better. Same thing happened with Albies. Albies was a rookie. Um, and to start his career, it was like very like um, it, it was very underwhelming because he was similarly hitting like around like 250. And he uh, I was like, man, is this guy really like all the hype is he worth all the hype and then he just every season now he's like amazing so uh, i think pavin smith is is due for kind of blowing up and uh, i might pick him up you know yeah. as soon as he's off waivers he's a literal waiver uh yeah like actual, right it's probably the first one that's an actual waiver uh player it's yeah. <laughs> on the right. on the free agent list yeah pavin is another one of those guys too where um i i had this like stat in my head kind of not a stat, but I like a list of guys that I like called the, like the Jesse Winker profiles um, where like, they're just consistently good hitters um, through minor leagues and major leagues and stuff. And then like all of a sudden we're at the all-star break and the guy has 20 something home runs and you're like, what the shit? 
Um, Paven Smith is like one of those guys for me. Um, I agree with you. Like, uh, it's I don't think it's this year, um, but like uh, I agree. He's like one of the, look at his stat cast stuff and um, like his just his swing mechanics and like he's made since um, that stuff. I'm like, this is like one of those guys where he puts the ball in play a ton, and when when you figure like major league pitching is hard. There's a lot of guys that we see that are like this is supposed to be the best hitter of all time. And it takes time. Like you said, with Albies, like, it's not, it's just not easy. It's totally different than minor league pitching. So um, this is somebody that I agree with like next year. I, I mean, by the time we're listening to this podcast, um, everyone will have forgotten it. So that's great. But I, I think that could be in due for like a power outbreak uh, next year. And I don't mean like he's going to hit 40, but um, he doesn't have that in his profile, but like, yeah. Again, like 30 home runs, like and hitting 270, he he could he could get there. So yeah, he's one of those new names where you'll be like, Man, this guy's like in the second round. Who is this guy? Yeah, like next year's yeah. draft. So for sure. Um, I want it to be known. I had Pavin Smith for multiple weeks. I traded away Pavin Smith, and Pavin Smith has already been a waiver wire all-star for me once. So thanks for listening, Levi. Oh, oh, wait. So you're saying you're talking about a rule, but I was like kind of zoning out. Um, no, that wasn't it. You're you're, no, you're in the clear here. Okay, no, you're, you're, you're in the clear. clear. He's, this is a new. This is. I mean, even if he didn't get picked up and dropped, he could still be his waiver wire all star. It's like four weeks since he said. Yeah, like he's he's a yeah. he's a waiver. So what am I gonna do? <laughs> no, that's a like that's the thing. I think Jonathan Scope has been a multiple time waiver wire all star. We've got a couple of them. Um, so, Pavin Smith, I, I like it. I like Pavin Smith a lot. I like Peralta. Those are our waiver wire all stars for the week. Um, this week, people go pick up Brad Frack. Go pick up David Peralta, master of triples and, um, you know, other things. And go pick up old Pavin Smith because he's eligible everywhere. Ah. And, you know, Levi, this is the first time Levi ever heard of him. So, uh, apparently now he's good if, if that's if that's what we're going for let's get to some yeah. matchups this week we've got a bunch of division on division okay we there is am i am i right how is this possible there's just one matchup there's one matchup where sam crawford goes up against arthur rhodes no mathematically that can't be right well, I'm, I'm incorrect. If you there. take the law of averages, well, you take the law of averages and you extrapolate. <laughs> I get that. No, I'm wrong. There are two interdivision matchups. Good. Whew. I was losing my mind there. So, just like last week, there are two interdivision matchups, but primarily the other six matchups are all infighting on the divisions. Um, we're going to start with an Arthur Rhodes special. Breeze versus Breeze for the second time this season. Dukes of Flatbush, 7-5-1, going up against John the Never Newts, who are currently 3-9-1. Levi, who do you have in this matchup? Man, um, I don't really want to start off with, like, a, you know, obvious one. Um, but, you know, it has to be my dad, uh, Dukes Flatbush. John's team is hitting pretty well tonight. Um, it looks like he has Woodruff starting, um, and uh, so he may get a head start on some counting stats. But yeah, he's 
I'm looking at his team, and I'm sure you guys have said this every single week in the podcast, but he's just got a lot of players that, you know, they may be good in the future, but right now I'm just, uh, I'm not sure. I look at his team, and I'm like, I'm looking at each player right now, uh, and it's like there's nothing super impressive. Uh, so it's, I, I think that it's definitely going to be Duke Splatbush. When I played John um, a few weeks back, I wasn't having the best week uh, of the season, and it was like during my losing streak, but like I had a very easy time beating him. Uh, and I think that he's just kind of checked out. I was at his, uh, I was at his house um, like a month and a half ago, and we were just kind of hanging out, doing some stuff. And he, uh, he kind of mentioned at the time. This is like early in the season. He kind of mentioned at the time that, you know, he's like, here's my plan. Like, it's not this season, but it's next season. So, like, a long time ago, he was checked out of winning this season. Um, and I think that he has no motivation, really, to uh, pick up a bunch of spot starts and win this this matchup. So I have to go for uh, Duke's Flatbush, for sure. Levi's for the Dukes. Trevor, who you got? I'm going to take John. I am taking John, um, and here's why. Go ahead, Max. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I, 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 that I was it. Yeah, that was it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. I just like, I don't know. I'm just looking at the list. Like, I, this isn't one that I looked at much before the podcast, and I, I like, I honestly. Uh, I know I I spoke highly of Chuck's team and Chuck as a manager more of more of him as a manager before, but man, like some of these guys, I mean a lot of his his key guys are hurt. Um, a couple of them are, are hurt. So, but but when you look at his roster, I, I just am like, yeah, they're kind of either not having great seasons or due for some kind of regression or like. I don't know. I just, I just like I, uh, Badu was one of my waiver wire all stars. So I like Badu. But when you couple that with like Bohm is not having a great year, um, India, who's, you know, been hot and cold, he's catching on of late. Hoskins was dropped, you know, like so, two weeks ago. So <laughs> um, Zanino, you know, like he really does nothing other than hit some home runs. As I say that, Reese Hoskins just got a hit RBI. Um, but uh, like, if I'm not mistaken, Zanino's an all-star. Yeah, I that I don't understand that he's hitting <laughs> like, but almost below the Mendoza line, right? Yeah, he's yeah, exactly two hundred. Yeah, so I mean, he has what fifteen home runs, something like that. So I get, 18. I mean, eighteen. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I'm more. I I guess the range of outcomes for these players is greater for John. That's uh, it's Andrew has been hitting well again lately. Um, I know that you dropped him or traded him or dropped him or traded him or dropped him or both. Um, but he's like sneakily hitting 250 now. So when you dropped him, I think he was hitting 220 maybe. Um, Franco obviously is an electric player. Like that. that's what I guess I'm looking at. I'm looking at the electric players on John's team. And I know, again, they're – there's some rough spots for sure, but like Trey Turner's back, J 
Jock Peterson has the and Sano have the ability to match the home runs of Zanino and Brandon Crawford. And I, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm picking John. I, I just this is a hunch. Um, he picked up another NA this week in Trevor Bauer. Um, unfortunate series of events there, but um, I don't know. I, I just like John's team here better. It's it's kind of really. I think his players are more explosive, and that's really it. So I think they can get hot and win this week for him. He's taking John. I am going to pick the Dudes. And it, it's not just because of Trevor Bad News Bauer. Okay. It's Brandon Woodruff already got lit up tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, John doesn't have healthy pitching. Zach Allen is hurt. Severino is going to be hurt. Uh, Nate Pearson's still in NA. And so he's got Brandon Woodruff and Logan Gilbert and Carlos Martinez, who's also hurt now, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's a bad look. Offensively, John's team is, is actually kind of fine now. I like Abraham Toro. Buster Posey's the man. Wander Franco is what, you know, we kind of expect them to be. And Trey Turner's still great. Miguel Sano's not going to hit for average ever, but he can hit five home runs in a given matchup. So, like, John has a respectable offense. I would yeah. say it's it's very similar to how I look at the Dukes offense, honestly. And if we're looking at Roto rankings, I mean, I'm giving John a, a lot more credit than he deserves. It, using the Roto rankings, John has the worst offense in the league, um, but has respectable pitching. I don't know how that works, but, you know. It's numbers. just the, well, I mean, yeah. It's a having, law of averages. Having five NAs and having one big thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, I looked at this again, and usually whenever you have one of those guys like Toro or, like, Varsho, who are not in A anymore, they're actually like playing in the majors. Usually you don't like start them. You have someone starting in their place, but he's starting all those guys. So on top of having five NAs, he's like starting these guys who should probably be benched for somebody else on the waiver wire. Um, and so that's just contributing. Yeah, he has good players, but it's contributing to him having just very low counting stats. I, I wouldn't say that about Toro. I completely agree about Varsho. Um, I don't, I don't know why he's rostering bar show. That being said, John does make moves so he can, he can absolutely make this happen. Still going to have to pick the Dukes moving on to our next matchup. It is another Arthur road special. We're talking Houston tiger emoji currently in a playoff spot going up against Shalom y'all happily married and currently sitting atop the Arthur roads leaderboard with an eight, four and one record trevor who do you have this week this one is tough um i like ethan's team here i uh he's he's, uh caught a little streak too isn't he i know we mentioned andrew with the streak earlier but i think ethan's team's on a little streak too right no they just beat up on me i'll tell you that yeah um and i think that he won the week four and that way it put him in first in the division so um yeah he's he's off to a pretty good start tonight um which you know i'm not looking at um when i make these decisions but a monday triple (laughs) what do you know um yeah i think moncada coming back that's that's a a good surprise like i i was watching the game when he slid in the third hand something but it, it just and he's been playing kind of beat up already so i thought they would put him on the 10 day uh just to like 
I mean, get him all the way healthy. Um, so that's a nice surprise. Um, just up and down the lineup, it is just more um, quality throughout each position. I know that uh, anytime you you bring Acuna into your matchup, it gives you a good chance to win. Um, <clears throat> but just through and through, I, I like Ethan's lineup here. And I, we've talked about the pitching um, before. Um, I know um, Chris has had good roto um, luck with pitching, but <clears throat> I don't know if it's it's uh, it's not the same lineup um, that it was at the beginning of the season. And Ethan's is good. He's going to overwhelm him with the with the counting stats and um, and and just has quality pitchers. So it, when when you're doing the five three thing, if that or whatever version of it he's doing, and you look and then you go against Ethan, and you're like. Marquez, Scherzer, Musgrove, Stroman, Joe Ross has been out of his mind, who is his de facto waiver wire all-star, but it was on his team. Um, and then he has bullpen, Manaya, and then he has, I mean, it's just like, it's that's kind of scary when you go against the opposite of the 5-3 or whatever pitching strategy he's got. So, yeah, I think Ethan Ethan's going to win this one. <clears throat> I agree with you. I if, if Chris had more health, on his side, I think he would, he might actually have the upper hand on this matchup, even as hot as Ethan's team is right now. I still think Chris has a lot of really good pieces. Yes, Monty Grandall is somebody who is finally bouncing back. He's been so hot for the last couple of weeks, hitting homers. He's been mashing the ball all season, taking walks like crazy. He's one of those guys that pretty soon Chris is going to be able to start shopping as a actual catcher rather than, you know, playing a catcher at first base someplace where he'll be able to slot a healthy Mark Canna, but the injuries are killing him. Like he's, he's not able, he's not going to stream first of all, and he's not going to be able to get a whole lot of innings from a relief pitcher or a starting pitcher. And Ethan's pitching, like you said, is absolutely stacked. He's going to get every single counting stat. So that's, you know, a thing. And oh God, like I just, I'm sorry, I just faced them last week, and it's just really frustrating to face this team. They're very, very good, especially when he's starting off with a uh, with a Monday triple. So I'm going to take Ethan. It would be a hell of a lot closer if Chris was healthy. He's facing some unfortunate circumstances, but, you know, that's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know, the law of averages. So, Levi, who do you have in this uh, matchup? Um... Man, it's it's. I think it's gonna be close. Um, I mean, Ethan's having a monster offensive night, um, but I'm looking at Ethan's team, and it's like, at first glance, like some of these players, I'm like, it doesn't seem that great, just given my knowledge from like previous seasons. But like looking at some of these guys and the seasons they're having, Semyon, now that he's not a you know actual position player and we don't have errors in our league is a crazy valuable player. Um, he's hitting like a monster, Chris Taylor, Castellanos, like his offense is, is really good. Um, mixed in with just like, kind of like shutdown pitching. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do not like the fact that Chris has so many guys on the IL, like I was saying earlier. Um, I think that, you know, his team has a, a great base, Acuna, and, uh, yeah, like you said, like, Randall's doing better. He has probably, like, the uh, second-best offensive catcher in the league. 
Um, and so he has a good base to, to work off of. But I have to give it to Ethan. I think it's going to be close. Um, right now, they're kind of opposite. Like, Chris is having a decent night for pitching. Ethan's having, like, a crazy good hitting night. Um, but I think this is going to be a good matchup. And I'm going to give it to, to Ethan. Because, yeah, his team is streaky. And looking at some of these, like, stats he's had recently, like, his offense is just kind of ridiculous right now. Castellanos just hit a bomb. Yeah. Yikes. That's the case of when it rains, it pours. Okay, moving on to our next matchup. I I would say that that could be called the matchup of the week. Um, However, this next matchup is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. We're talking about Tony, Paul Goldschmidt's game, who's currently 5-8, going up against Sutton who is currently three, nine and one. And as we speak is uh, performing stand up at a comedy club in Dallas. So <laughs> wish I could be there tonight. Um, but you know, the, the podcast, what are you going to do? You gotta, you gotta do the podcast. Yeah. So uh, I'll go first on this one. And let me tell you, I'm picking Sutton. Uh, I think Oof. that's right. Oh, I'm I'm gonna hit, hit you hard. I'm gonna hit you hard. You know, hit you the, hard. You know the the guy, the meme, the white guy that does the eye, eyebrows and tilts his head. You know, yeah, they're mm. yeah, that well enough on the podcast. Yeah, I think I think that I guy. Mean. That's me right now. He's, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. okay. Let me tell you why I'm picking Sutton. First of all, got a quality start out of V Gutierrez tonight. Uh, Vladimir <laughs> Gutierrez. <laughs> Pitcher we all know well for the Reds. Uh, you know, like, that's great. But beyond that, I feel like we all keep forgetting that he still has Darvish and Lance Lynn. Um, John Means is coming back pretty soon. Probably won't for this matchup specifically. But, like, again, we're talking about Tony here, okay? And if you can beat him in the counting stats, which – all Sutton has to do in order to do that is use moves. He can beat him in the counting stats. He's going to win the bullpen stats. So combine that with the fact that Sutton's offense is a lot better than it looks on paper. Um, if anything, just looking at Winker, Conforto, Naquin, and uh, Manny Machado. And also this new look Tyler Straw, who, despite me drafting him in the seventh round, sucked balls for all of May. And then all of a sudden hits over 300 and starts stealing bases like a madman. Sutton's I mean, offense that's is no Miles joke. Straw, he's talking about. What did I say? Tyler? Tyler Straw? Yeah, his cousin. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just mad. I'm just mad. I think you were like Tyler Naquin, My, or Tyler Straw, Miles Naquin. No, Miles Straw know what he did, um, knows what he did. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, everything's for a reason. Law of averages. Anyways, look over at, at, uh, at Tony's team. Same problem with pitching I always have. Uh, and cheating a little bit here because Cease did get a certain part of his anatomy lit tonight. Um, <laughs> don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I just, it's the same stuff about his offense. Bunch of underperforming guys, bunch of guys that are names that we recognize and, and players that are great. But beyond like JD Martinez and Chris Bryant, he's got a lot of like, you know, like, ooh, yeah, no, that guy should be a, a good fantasy player. You know, like Lourdes Goriel Jr., yeah, I drafted him early one year, batting 260 with nine homers this year, which is fine, but 
it's not that different from one of our waiver wire all-stars, you know? And Mikey Stremski, another great name, should have a great future. Um, love love to what he did in 2019. Can't remember how he did in 2020, but he's about 225 right now. Uh, Rendon having just an all-time bad year, 240 with six homers, and he's currently injured. Like, it, it's just underperformance across the board for his offense. I think Sutton can capitalize on this matchup and, if anything, start to maybe get some momentum. Uh, I can't remember who picked him last week, but somebody had him as as a one of the teams that could unexpectedly go on a run. This could be the week that starts. He's currently three games out of a playoff spot with nine weeks to go. We'll see how it goes. But either way, I'm picking Sutton, and I'm picking him strong. Uh, Levi, who do you have for this matchup? Um, yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, you're right about uh, Kevin. Like his offense is a lot better than I know. It I'm looks right. Like on paper, I know. Um, before I said it, <laughs> I I do think that um, if Sutton happens to lose like one or more times, that he should really consider that trade that I sent over, you know, a couple weeks ago. I think um, if he's looking for the future, you know. Uh, definitely contact me but anyways uh public trade I'm Levi. Take... if you want to talk about this trade again you got to start throwing it out we all deserve it <laughs> uh i'm gonna take tony um i think he i know what he's doing one thing that strikes me about his team is yeah a lot of these guys aren't performing the way they should uh guriel uh anthony rendon i feel like he's doing better as of late but this whole season is just kind of like meh um, I think he could trade some of these guys. Like he could trade. He has awesome pitching, starting pitching. It's unfortunate that center guard and sale are on the 60-day IL. Um, but I think he could trade uh, some of these guys and make his team look better. Uh, the only thing is, like, you know, he's a bit of a hermit, and I have personally never made any trade with Paul Goldschmidt's gay, and I've been in this league for eight years. Um, so I think that, you know, if, if he did kind of trade around some players, I know he, he's the one guy that keeps like players on his team for a long time. Um, I don't know how long he's had Chris Bryant, JD Martinez, Anthony Rendon, but I know it's been at least like four or five years for all those guys. Um, so I don't think he'd be willing to really get rid of any of them. Maybe he would, I'm not really sure, uh, to trade for like, you know, better pieces, maybe to like, like we were saying earlier, Adam, Victor, um, maybe Sutton, like maybe they want to trade for some of these guys and offer uh, just more flexibility for his offense. Um, but but yeah, it's it's looking pretty mad right now whenever I look at his lineup. And I uh, I think he's got great pitching, but looking at these Roto rankings as well, uh, I just kind of think that he's just doing a lot worse than in previous seasons. But I do think that he has a plan. Um, I think that he's going to, to win this matchup purely because I don't know if Kevin has a lot of motivation to, to win. Um, oh, it's only nine losses. The season is like a little bit over halfway through, but um, usually when someone's on the brink, you know, like five and eight, if you're on the brink of being in the playoff hunt, um, you usually want to make more moves and win more. So I'm going to give it to Tony. Tony, who's currently second to last and third to last in the league in moves. Um, and also the only member of the league who has yet to make a trade this season. 
Yeah. Where even Brad has made a trade this season, but Tony's the only one who I got him. I got Brad. I'll get Tony. Yeah, you got- I'll get Tony. <laughs> okay, now, that okay. hey, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. I'll get him. Okay. So Levi's got Tony. Trevor, who you got? Yeah. I, let's put on APB, which I don't yeah, know what APB yeah. stands for. <laughs> Just seen it on cops. All people <laughs> um, bothering other people to find Tony. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Tony too. Um, yeah, man. Like I, again, I don't know, really know why. Like <laughs> I, I did, I just look at Kevin's team and I like, I'm like, these guys are struggling, right? Conforto. I, I don't know what his deal is. Maybe the, like, he's just been kind of in and out, but when I traded him, I was like, I was completely fine with him coming back and being like the guy that I thought he would, because when I traded him, I needed the positions that I got for him and I wasn't going to keep him regardless. So I was like, like, but he's been God awful since coming back. Like he has like three hits since in like two weeks. So I, I don't know what's going on. I think he's a good player, but um, it's not been good. Um, Wisdom. Like I said, when chase had him, it was like, this guy's great going to hit three home runs for you and then you'll drop him by the end of the week. Um, well, he did. And now he's on Sutton's team and it's just kind of like, uh, whatever. He's not going to, I don't, I don't think he's actually a, a long time play here. And like, again, I just think the quality that, that um, Tony's bringing in his lineup is, is better. I mean, Machado and Winker and like those two big names, but, like outside of that, I, I just I would rather uh, those guys are super producers. I mean, Machado's been down, but in the last like week or two, he's been kind of hot. So um, I'd much rather have what Dom Smith is doing, what um, McCann from a catcher position has been doing lately. Um, JD Martinez, Mitch Hanniger, like you, you listed these people on Tony's team earlier that you were like are fine pieces. And he didn't mention mention Mitch Hanniger. I'm like, the guy's 250, 18 home runs, 47 home runs, like or 47 RBIs. Like, oh great. Uh for a guy with less than two testicles, it's freaking impressive. Um so, he's aerodynamic for sure. <laughs> yeah, like he's doing something. Gritchick is having a breakout season and Lourdes is fine. Like as long as you got these guys that sure they're not what we thought they were, but they're not hurting him other than Rendon, you know, like Guriel's not hurting him by any means in 269 bombs, three thirty three RBIs. Like it's not at all what we all expected, but he's not bringing you down. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, and then the pitching, um, it is tough on both sides. Um, but I think that Tony will get the counting stats and that's literally, I think what gives him this matchup. Cause yeah, Sutton got a quality start and then nine K's from uh, Colby Allard. But and even with cease giving up uh, looks like five runs, maybe all six, 10 ERA and five, he's still at eight K's and he's going to pitch again. He's going to get a two-step. So let's say cease throws when you, when you got the two-step, you kind of got to average him. So if you have eight K's, and the one five whips, not great, but it's not, not, that's not what's killing you. And next, and then he pitches against whoever on Sunday or Saturday and, and has, it doesn't give up any runs and strikes out like six. You, you got a four ERA from him and 
14 strikeouts, you know, in a week, that's pretty sweet. So I don't think the blow up on Monday pitcher from a quality pitcher like Cease hurts as bad as it looks. Uh, so yeah, I just, in the counting stats, he's just going to win the pitching, I think. So I, that's, I give it close to Tony. Yeah. I also think that, uh, I think Chris Sale and Syndergaard both come back late August, early September. Um, if he somehow, you know, makes his way to front of the pack in the playoff race, not like the front of the pack, but like, you know, if he, if he somehow gets fourth or third, um, he's going to have the best pitching in the league, best starting pitching in the league by far. I think Noah, um, Noah's out till September, they said. Yeah, like so September 1st return is yeah. the projection and then Chris Sales like now Chris August. Sales definitely that that's that's uh, but again like that we don't know what the, he's 30 something hasn't pitched I mean he had electric right. stuff before but does he still throw 98 coming off the aisle yeah it's it's definitely like it's not assured but given what a starting pitching looks like right now having both of those guys back around the same time um he has a lot of options. He could even make some trades. That's what I think. Like, I think you could trade either Chris Sale or Syndergaard right now for like a really good offensive piece. Um, and his team would just look so much better. Um, but I just don't know if he's willing to do that. But yeah, uh, like with that said, I, I think he will win some more games and this week. He's going to win one of them. All right. Levi and Trevor doing the Tony two step. Uh, moving on to our next matchup. It, this is, Arthur Rhodes versus Sam Crawford, a clash of the Titans, if you will. We're looking at Huck Save Ferris, who's eight, four, and one, going up against Brad, who is five, five, and three. Levi, who do you have in this matchup? Um, yeah, right now it looks like Brad is having a pretty good night. Um, but the week just started, and I don't know if uh, if Brad is going to really, like, I guess try that hard in this matchup. I, I guess I shouldn't say that. What I mean by that is, like, Huck looks at his phone at something, like, baseball-related, like, 100% of the time that he's not working. Uh, he's, like, always looking at different stuff to do uh, with his pickups and... Uh, who he's starting, and I think that even though he's having a rough start, he's four for twenty-four tonight. Um, he's going to do something. I'll that tell him. Will make him just. Uh, <laughs> it'll it'll make him pull ahead. So I'm going to take Huck. Um, Brad's team right now. Uh, I'm looking at all these players, and it doesn't look too bad. Like he's five and five, and he's is he uh, fourth and. Arthur Rhodes, what is he? He's fifth. Okay. So he's also like on the brink of, you know, being in the playoff hunt. So he could make a bunch of moves and, you know, get a bunch of uh, spot starts to really hit Huck where it hurts and uh, get like the for sure quality starts, wins, K's, um, you know, wins in those categories. Uh, but I don't know. I, th I think Huck's strategy, while I kind of critiqued it earlier, uh, I think it is good. Um, and it's going to, you know, pretty much win him a lot of weeks maybe not most weeks but but yeah i'm still gonna give it to hug just because his team is just better in general um and uh he's going to try everything he can to to win so i will would like to make an announcement uh max your milkshake is here max your milkshake is here Ooh! oh wow what kind of milkshake Ooh, milkshake <laughs> he's bringing all the boys to the yard 
right. <laughs> Levi's picking a hug. Trevor, who you got? Um, dude, I, I'm uh, I'm going with Brad here. I and uh, quoting the great Max. Let me explain why. Okay, the saves is a one big reason. So Brad, as we talked about earlier, has one of the best win loss records against or with saves. So Hooks five three now kind of looks like four four. Um, and when you it's it's in the kitchen. Yeah, milkshakes in the kitchen. Um, so when you look at Brad's hitting versus Huck's hitting, uh, both there's definitely both some spots where you're like, you know, on both teams. But Brad hit, let me see, let me go week 13. I know it was, I don't want to get it wrong. I know it's bad. Brad hit 230 last week. And uh, had only seven doubles and eight home runs, which is eight home runs isn't bad, but 678 OPS. So I'm kind of doing the uh, he's due, he's due thing. Um, he's he's got these things. I mean, Goldschmidt, Salvi Perez, we've talked about many times on this podcast. Well, Max has talked about many times on this podcast. Looks like Austin Riley's kind of caught a little streak again, as, as we've seen this season. It looks like he's just a streaky guy. Um, yeah, so McCutcheon is going to turn it around. He had 111 last week. Bryce Harper is back in health. Gene, I mean, he's got the Phillies team. Lindor's like, again, for people that are for playing not great in the season, like he, he's as electric as they come. So if he just gets on base a few times and steals some bases, that could be dangerous. So with him. I think winning saves this week really kind of, like I said, limits Huck's strategy. Obviously, I think, not obviously, but I think that Huck's team through and through is better. But I just think the matchup-wise, is this could be uh, a rough one for Huck. And, um, yeah, I think Brad Brad wins it just just based off again, like the bolt you're when you're pitching and Brad's going to stream like we already know he's just going to do that. So he's going to get the counting stats he needs. And then if he get man, Liam Hendricks, Edwin Diaz, Classe, like, I mean, so he's got three. Is this three closers? No, he has two closers. Well, Classe, I guess, is still and he hasn't recorded a save in a while, has he? Yeah, I don't know. He's not. Yeah, I don't know either. Who would they um, give the ninth to? Karinch- oh, they just are losing. They're on a nine. It's Karinchak. Yeah, so it's definitely Karinchak. But Klasse is supposed to be a holds guy, I think. He just like nope. hasn't had any anything. What is he? No, so he's not. Karinchak pitched the eighth tonight. I think oh, really? Klasse is going to pitch the ninth. Yeah, he's due up right now. Let's see. So Let's they just go. mix it up like every yeah, night. Yeah, they do. That's he, they're, they're one of those teams where – they they use like the pitcher based on the lineup. So if it's like three, four, and five or two, three, four or something, they will go with Crunchak. And then if it's what they just they're one of those frustrating teams that like to own like that because yeah, like the Rays with starting pitching, right? So. Or or their bullpen too. Like Fire Eisen got me like two saves and two holds in one week. So it's like frustrating, but it's great at the same time. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that the bolt like him kind of 
Now, Hook could obviously win saves because he's got like Daniel Barr. You know, baseball is as baseball, baby. But yeah. I just think that the law of averages um, favor Brad in the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so that's that, a really that, good point. Uh, yeah. I think that yeah, if if so, I'm looking at Brad's relievers. I didn't see this before, honestly. Before uh, I was called on to talk about Brad's team, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, had zero zero interest and Brad's team just to, you know, put it all on the table. But, uh, but I'm looking at it right now and he has crazy good relieving. Um, I think that, yeah, if he's able to get either holds or saves, that just puts a huge like crutch in what Huck's trying to do. Um, and then it's not like Huck's going to, you know, get a bunch of starts to, to match what Brad's doing. All Brad has to do is pick up like, you know, three or four, four guys and then he'll win uh, wins K's and, and uh, quality starts. So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think that Brad getting a save tonight um, is just a head start on him. Possibly, oh, he might have you know, two. A... He got did Diaz get one? Yeah, Diaz uh, got Diaz? one. Diaz. Diaz is he's it? The one that oh, I know, it. but Clausey's uh, pitching right now with the in a one. Oh, game. it's eight to seven. Oh, yeah. So maybe he will have two. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, huge. Crazy. Well, I mean, Clausey still has to finish the inning. Right. Sure. Levi, Levi I'm gonna hit you with a three-parter here. Okay. First of all. You can't knock Brad for not paying attention. There's pot and there's a kettle and there's a law of averages. And you are the wrong one in those three things. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can't sit there and go, I didn't pay attention a lot of the season and go, Brad doesn't pay attention. Brad was just on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He did a fantastic job. Also, Brad lost last week, and it's the first time he's lost since week four. Since week really? four. Week four was in May, dude. Or no, yeah. week four was in April? No, I think it was like first week of May. Brad hadn't lost since May until last week, and he lost to Ethan, a legitimate team. So, also, there's a podcast about our league that you should listen to if you want to learn about some of the teams, because we talk about Brad's bullpen quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of helpful information. It's great. You check it out. <laughs> Oh. Uh, well, I mean, that just means he lost like the first few weeks, right? Like, he, Damn, uh, he that's, yeah, yeah, he's 0 for 4. He started out 0 and 4, and then he uh, okay. bounced back in a big way. So, I, I, just, I just know I, he used to not pay attention. I know I, I know I haven't paid attention in a long time, but like, I know he used to be like the guy who like just didn't really make like any moves. Like, he would be like the lowest, yeah. He the for a while, he just he had Goldschmidt in his like runner up MVP year. And years, and then he had Harper, and Harper, he had right. yeah, he's had these guys, and, and Edwin. So he really he didn't really need to look until Ed, in the playoffs he would always be there like hundred percent, right, right. but he kind of just ghosted it, ghost righted it into the playoffs, and then he would. But yeah, this year I think he's finding out it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, you you would think I would come into this matchup in a better mood. I got a a milkshake here, um, but yeah, I heard all Levi's more besmirching. Just besmirching all over the place. And I had to hit him with three hot fireballs. I don't know if Brad's going to listen this week, but if he's listening right now, he's like, get him, Max. I'm also picking Brad. <laughs> and I've, I have praised Huck's strategy a lot, but I think Brad's team is like kryptonite to what Huck does. It's similar to Ethan. He's got great closers, you know, and Brad's offense is better than Huck's offense. I fully believe that. 100%. Otani, Otani might be the the AL MVP this year. He he certainly is so far. He's incredible. But aside from Otani, 
like like Brad doesn't have an Otani. He doesn't have anybody near Otani level, but he's got a bunch of really good hitters on his team, including a couple guys that probably should be hitting better, like guys that you would expect to have better second halves, like Francisco Lindor. Um, so like uh, the the fact that Brad is going to probably win the three, the three counting stats, wins, quality starts, and Ks, and he can potentially win saves. Well, or he has actually has a good shot to win saves considering he's going to have his second closer of the night coming in for a save um, after Huck's guy just set him up with a hold. Like I, the fact that he can pretty easily take this matchup four, four and maybe take it e- even further. If one of the Huck's guys gets blown up, I'm taking Brad this week. This is, this is the roster construction you have to have from a pitching perspective in order to have a good chance to beat Huck, whether it's in the playoffs or regular season. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot, like I talked about it before, Brad as an eight seed is not who you want to face as the one seed with how streaky his team can get and how much attention he pays in the playoffs. Like he actually does the deep research, makes his five moves and is, is a, he is a different guy in the playoffs. And if Huck, stays hot, which I know we talked about a wide range of outcomes. If Huck stays hot, creeps up to the one seed, Brad is the kind of kryptonite he would not want to face this year in the playoffs. Um, I am picking Brad this week. And how dare you, Levi? How dare you? All right, moving on to the next matchup. It's a Sam Crawford, just heavyweight bout. We're talking Uh... Tim's for my hooligans SC. Still, he's 10 and 3. It, the, the matchup, is, his record isn't shown correctly on our outline, but I know he's 10 and 3. And he's going up against Adam, the Master Chief Wahoos. Trevor, who you got? Dude, I, so I just flipped to their matchup. <laughs> right? Holy shit, man. Right? Um, I gonna be like matt you know here we go (laughs) oh my god oh my god i mean the indians like i actually don't even know if it's the indian i just assume so when i see 10 runs and 10 rbis and three home runs and it's adam and i go the indian he's got ahmed rosario oh it's kepler with a double it's not even and fran mill is five rib yeah have you met franny Hmm? franny's a good guy Oh, I know. I, I've mentioned many a times to you, Max, that I would trade Fran for Franny in a heartbeat, but that's just like he's kind of on the he's almost he's almost as untradeable as Aaron Judge on Victor's right. team. It's yeah, it's a right. it's a stud I, power hitter in a late round on his team. Favorite team, yeah. So man, I'm shit. Do it. You you do it. I know you want to. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll do it not just because Monday night stats, though. I'll do it because because Matt showed a little bit of a of his weakness, or not his weakness, but he has a, a weakness in his pitching. If they, I mean, if he if he that's his only weakness, right? So, man, this is freaking tough. Shit's weak. So. It, <laughs> Guess I'm I'm picking Adam just because of what what happened to Matt last week, and again I know his hitting was absurd. So these guys, that's kind of the thing. Okay, his hitting was absurd. No way they do it again, right? Law of averages. Yeah. And then, um, and then yeah, I guess throwing night. Like uh, it's not 
I mean, it's, but shit, dude. I mean, that's it's on the table, shit. man. 10 runs and 10 RBIs, three home runs, two solo, 12, 22 OPS on a Monday night. I mean, he could hit 220 for the rest of the week and it'd be fine. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I guess I'm going with Adam, man. Let's do it. Let's go all in. Um, Adam. I, I, I can't wow. say like I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna be like his team is better. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like shit. It's like law of averages. Yeah, Adam. Adam. All right, Utah. Give me two. Adam. I'm taking Adam. I'm it's Murtaugh. It, oh, Murtaugh. Wow. No, Utah. Utah. Give me two Utah. with the hot dogs. Utah. Give me two with the hot dogs. Hot dogs. Yeah. Murtaugh. Give me two. Murtaugh. No, it's Utah. Utah. Not Murtaugh. Sorry. You said so much. I know. I said <laughs> Murtaugh is the uh, other one. He's, he's Glover. too old for this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm too old for this shit. Um, I'm picking Adam, man. You and it, and part of it's tonight. Don't get me wrong. Tonight, we're we're weighing it in. If we recorded this Monday morning, I might sound a little different, but I still think I'd pick Adam. But let me tell you why. This is Adam's offense. Like, like you know, nice to meet you. Adam's offense. He has had injuries on his roster all year long. Max Muncy, you know, uh, Carlos Santana has been, you know, ripping the guitar, but not hitting the ball very well. Uh, Franny hurt easily with one of his best power hitters. Max Kepler underperforming like crazy when in years past he's shown great potential, great power pole hitter for Minnesota. Um, it's got to be killing Matt the one time Kepler's hitting well and blowing up. Yeah, it's, yeah. Of course, it's against him. Um, on and he's a still Monday expecting, night. on a Monday night, he's still expecting the Twins to blow in the night, too, because, you know. But Twins. this is Adam's offense, man. Like this, he's in the Crone zone. Okay. Jake Cronenworth is, was a legit acquisition for him. So you pair that with he worked to get Tommy Edmond from you, he worked to get Anthony Rizzo from, uh, from freaking Andrew. You know, he picked up Harold Ramirez as a waiver all-star. Same thing with Max Stassi. And now Max Muncy's finally healthy. He can finally start moving away from guys like, like Gio Urshela. You know, it, I know Ahmed Rosario is, is having a, a pretty solid night and honestly a pretty decent year overall. But, like, he can, he can stop putting guys like that in his util spot because yeah, he's got Ahmed, Ahmed is there. back is a guy that you, you keep on your team and he fills in because of the, the position eligibility you keep. And you're like, Oh, I got a red X. Let me throw a med in there. Exactly. No. And he's been playing Tommy Edmond as like a left fielder lately yeah. because and it's just, he's just trying to make everybody fit. Now that everybody's healthy. If I'm Adam, I'm actually turning around. I'm doing the opposite of what he was doing and trading some of these heavily position eligible guys, anybody but Chrome, that is um, the Chrome zone, anybody but him for some pitching because his team's healthy. He can do it. This is the best his roster has looked all season long. Um, don't, don't look now, but Clause A uh, gave up two singles, first and second with no outs in the ninth. He'll be fine. He's a, he's a Class A kind of pitcher. Um, Adam got some bad news today with Sixto. It sucks, man. I If I'm him, I'm dropping Sixto at this point. Like, it's – I, no what, idea what, what, next time what round is this is uh, i think he's the 21st or 22nd um, if it, you gotta keep him in 2020 for what there's no is he gonna be in a or yeah he's gonna be an a so i guess you're yeah, not losing yeah, anything yeah you gotta keep him. That's, uh, you know you have no reason there's nobody he's gonna replace him with unless he's trading and he's rebuilding 
Um, that's oh, God. It just sucks, dude. Yeah, that's it sucks. That is a bummer. He's got a big stable of pitchers with, um, you know, Casey Mize. He's dealing with, you know, Casey Mize kind of developing this year. He had six to in a late round. Um, Tristan McKenzie, he traded Charlie Blackman for, which is still dumb. And then Clevenger, who's who's unfortunately recovering all year for him. As much as I don't like the guy, he's an incredible pitcher. Uh, so, like, Adam has had some bad luck. His team is finally strong. Like, this, this, is, this is a team that you don't want to face. And Matt, while he still has an incredible team, undoubtedly the favored team to win the championship this year, he's, his weakness, as you mentioned, is probably pitching, um, at least until Shane Bieber comes back. Shane Bieber comes back, and he's got all of a sudden Bieber, Snell, Gaussman, which I think he's still got a two-star week from Gaussman this week, so it's not like Something happened terrible. to Snell? Something happened to Snell? Did it? I'm asking. Not that. I don't think so. No, he he. Uh, I think he had. He had oh, he just control issue. He got activated. Was he? He was hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he got. He was ten uh, day DL. Okay. Um, ten day okay. IL, whatever, oh. and then pitched on July fourth. Oh. So. What? Wander what? Uh, tied it up. Oh, that's oh no! Not class A. Not class Double. A. Double, Sorry, double, double class say not tonight. I'd say that's that's uh yeah you know it's our fault. I'll, I'll take some I'll take <laughs> some, some fault on that's that. Definitely your fault. <laughs> that's our bad. You know I was I was talking shit about John's team and saying good things about Brad's team, and then I made that happen. So sorry, I apologize for my power. Still picking Adam Levi. Who do you have? Um, you know it's interesting. Um. Both of these teams have something very similar, something very in common. Adam has at least four Indians on his team, as I assume an Indians fan. And Matt has four, at least four twins on his team. At least. <laughs> as, a, as a twins fan. And so... Um, word, ha- word has it, he might have more hidden away somewhere. I personally think that's a... <laughs> I personally think that's a way to, you know, not... Uh, like I don't think it makes your team that good whenever you're like prioritizing getting those types of players, but obviously Matt does it in a way that makes him win like every game. Um, but with that said, I, I feel like uh, that really had no uh, th- there's no change to who I'm gonna pick based on what I just said, so I'm not really sure why I just said that. I just wanted to point it out that man, Levi, I can play Adam's right got now. a lot of Indians. I've- as a guy that generally has at least four Astros, yeah, Astros yeah. on his team at all times, I can tell you right now, you can go eat a big bag of butts. Oh, you know. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to give it to Adam, too. Um, the reason is because I'm really hoping Whoa! that That's Adam... sweep for Adam, baby. Yeah. Adam, sweep! And, and you're right, it's it's based on tonight. He's 13 for 33. He's got three home runs, 10 RBIs, 10 runs, two doubles, hitting 394 um, on the first night. He hasn't had any pitching stats so far, but I think that's a huge boost. Um, I don't think he necessarily needs the motivation to make a bunch of spot starts and win. However, that is like as good of a Monday uh, that you can have, and it's still going uh, with Cronenworth, like, just you know had his first at bat and he got a stolen base and like 
Like, I, I think that that's like a crazy night, and that's like three nights into one night. Uh, Dude, he, for Adam. he can get a save from uh, Matt Barnes, maybe, you know, it's two to one in the third, I guess. But Possibly, yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention with, with Tim's is, like, I didn't think his offense was that good until I looked at the Roto rankings. Um, his offense is literally carried by, like, four guys. Uh, it's like Bogart, Soto, um, and then like a lot well, of these guys. Buxton are, was like, a big part of that, and they're like you get. I mean, if you look at Buxton's stats and you think about it being right. from like thirty games, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Buxton was sitting what like three sixty or something. He was hitting uh three sixty nine. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I think that uh those guys that he does. That, that he does have uh, are carrying him really hard. But I also look at some of these guys that aren't like doing that well this season. Like Keston Hira is hitting like really well as of late. And uh, some of these other guys that are not, you know, performing up to par, like Pollock and, and Yelich, Yelich especially uh, is going to have, you know, good things ahead of him. I think his offense is going to get even better as the season goes on. Um, and then the most frustrating thing about his team is uh, I owned Kevin Gosman for like three seasons. I even kept him for two seasons, and he always sucked. Like he always had like a really high ERA, and he was, always got injured. Um, and then I finally let him go, and just to see him as like one of the top five starting pitchers in the league um, on the Giants, that's like so frustrating. But that is like a big it's, reason why his team is is great. Um, it's not. That's like. That's so. I mean, that's not something you can predict. But but to yeah. go back on on Gosman though, it, it's an organizational thing. One and and he had the pedigree, so you were right to keep him because he was the first round pick. He was like the, I don't know top ten, I believe, pick overall. If it's the Orioles, it's probably top five. I just remember he was the first round pick, big bodied guy, threw hard. The splitter he had and it, it was nasty. But like the, the Orioles were just. They were the Orioles, right? And then he goes to the Braves, and he started to show these, like, flashes with the stuff when they were telling him to throw um, the splitter more, the slider less, and stuff like that. And then you go to the Giants to predict this, because the Giants were like, hey, here's a guy who's super cheap, who has the pedigree, and if if we use our intellect to tell him basically what to throw, this is what it becomes. So, yeah, this this was – he he – he, he showed flashes of it last year, and so he took a chance on him pretty early. And the Giants are just continuing to tell him, like, hey, dude, throw the splitters um, to lefties low and throw the slider to righties only, and then four seams up. And it's just unbelievable for him. So, you know, yeah, you, you can't predict stuff like that, and that's, that's baseball, baby. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it made me think back in the day, like, I guess it's not possible for an Orioles starting pitcher to, to be good. And then you see like John means this year and it's like, that had nothing to do with it. But I think you're right. Like just changing organizations and like the giants being, or the, the San Francisco field is a generally favorable yeah, field of pitchers. Um, I, I think that, yeah, that's crazy. That he's having such good years. So I think with Tim's offense, um, you know, I think it's going to get even better. Uh, I think he's got a hell of a season ahead of him. Yeah, he is a favorite to win the championship, in my opinion, as well. But I do think that uh, I've got Adam Fever, and I think Adam's going to win this week, and Tim's is going to get you know knocked down a peg. So, you know, let's go. Adam We've Fever, all got Adam go. Fever. 
Really bold. Really bold for both of you to disrespect our associate commissioner like that. I have no reason. Disrespect? To him, I did not disrespect. I picked him to win the league. I just said this week. Yeah, we both said that. Right? Chill, 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 chill. Oh, you tell you tell him because Matt because so I know Matt will text me and be or text us and be like, oh, you think that and, uh, <laughs> he's, he's gonna like, oh. he's gonna do some Godfather where he's you know rubbing yeah. his chin with his knuckles and goes, yeah oh, sitting at the you, top you know and in the back it's of his mind you want beef you want beef you got beef yeah huh? yep for sure all right let's move on to another. Heavyweight Sam Crawford matchup. We're looking at the number one team in all of Roto rankings. Disabled list <laughs> SC currently six and seven and depressed. Going up against Victor Carrasco, Mis Huevos SC two eight and three, and apparently pod cursed. I'm gonna go ahead and pick myself, and I don't. I'm not gonna give a whole lot of reasons for that. I'm losing right now. Really frustrated with my team. I think I've uh, I think I've made the right moves. I like my roster. I love my offense. I think I'm making some decent pitching moves. It's just I, I, it's not coming together. Part of part of this game is getting hot in timely ways, and I think I have weeks where I can put up huge like like you know oh I got 80 strikeouts this week, but on the weeks where I get 80 strikeouts, my team bats 220, or like my team will bat like 315 in a week, but I'll have like a 6 ERA. Like I just need everything to start coming together a little bit more consistently rather than, you know, peaks and valleys. Uh, so, but, you know, hopefully this is a get right game for me. I need, uh, need Victor to just continue to free fall. Um, and I'll be honest, if I get this right, I think I'm, it's like a, I'm reversing the pod curse, but I'm like, rather than, I think Victor's going to do great and him doing poorly. I think it'll me being like Victor's gonna suck, and then like he he sucks. So that's what I'm rooting for. That's what I'm putting out in the universe. Levi, who do you have in this matchup? Um, I mean, I definitely have the disabled list in this matchup. Um, I think that Victor. Uh, I, I keep saying this over and over with these teams, but he may just have no motivation to make these spot starts to to win this matchup. Um. But I do think to comment on our segment earlier, your team has bright things ahead of them. Um, I think after you just made those two trades to get Wit and to get McMahon, uh, like your offense, every single spot is a star. Um, and yeah, I think you that like my guys, like their studs. I mean, you may have a, you probably have a better offense than than myself or like Tim's <laughs> or. Uh, at this point, after making those two trades, I know in, in like in the rotor rankings, your offense wasn't bad before, but like now it's like kind of ridiculous. On the other hand, um, Robbie Ray is your best pitcher. Uh, so it's kind of like you have some of these guys that, um, maybe you know, it's just is, an maybe odd bunch of people. No. It's an odd bunch of, you know, Charlie Morton, Sonny Gray and Robbie Ray. Um, and then you're, I guess maybe you're taking a chance on Lamet uh, coming back. I don't think he will come back. He frustrated me the whole season. That was the worst draft pick in my draft. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do think your offense is, is pretty stellar. I think you definitely win this week um, in a landslide. So, so I'll take landslide. you. Landslide. Um, Keep talking. I mean, not a landslide. I mean, it'll be like, 
like 10 to 4 or something, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a win. I'm sorry, Victor. I just, uh, I don't think he got the motivation to uh, make that those starts. And 10 to 4 is a landslide. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and um, let you, you, you go ahead and tell me who is, uh, who you're picking for this matchup. I'm going to drop uh, a GIF in the group text. And people that listen to the podcast will uh, understand. Sorry, I'm I'm distracted. Trevor, who you have? First of all, I just wanted to say when when uh, Levi was talking about Max's stars in every position, and Max said something about, "Oh, you like my studs." If y'all could have seen the image of him sipping, flicking the straw (laughs) of his milkshake. As he said, <laughs> "Oh, you like my studs." It like would uh, it would have been a sight to see for you. Um, you know, I, I might spend too much time on this, but there's some things like going on in this matchup that are kind of just irking me. And maybe the whiskey here, but like the Lamet thing, it was I think was great on your part. And Levi, I don't like. I think your trades were were fine. Like you said, it helped both teams. But on Max's side of it. Like Lamette, he didn't have he had aisle spots to give. Um, Lamette isn't keeper, isn't a keeper for him. He's kind of like, yeah, sure, he wanted McMahon, uh, for good reason. And um, Lamette was like, if he comes back and say they throw him three innings as a uh, bulk, bulk guy, like he gets the win on a Padres team, he and he might strike out all nine if he pitches three innings, like he's a strikeout guy. Um, and if not, his elbow's fine. And then he, you know, throws five innings and doesn't hurt your ratios and blah, blah. So I, I think that was just like a whatever. Obviously, I'll buy low if you're throwing him in with McMahon. Um, the thing, I, I don't like Max's bullpen very much. Son of a bitch. I, I'm picking you to win. Let me just go ahead and get that out there. But, but like, you're you're you got one saves guy right and he's had a great season he's almost got 20 saves or something right but he just had like a string of like eight of them or something um and garrett and alvarado are just like whatever there's better guys out there i think so that's i think your weakness now i i disagree with your only good pitchers being robbie or robbie ray being your best pitcher um Sonny Gray, a big Cincinnati guy. Again, this like the way I see pitching is like Sonny Gray's not gonna have a one or a two something ERA, but he's never going to hurt your ratios. He's, I mean, he'll have a blow up every once in a while, but if he does, like, dude, even this. Okay, if you look at his recent starts, this four point two inning loss against the Phillies, I mentioned it earlier. If you would go 4.2 innings and a loss with a 5.79 ERA, you had better strike out eight people. And that's what Sonny Gray do, you know? Like, he did do it. He did. He do it. He do it. So he's going to go five <clears throat> innings, going to go six innings. Strikeouts are going to be there. And he doesn't walk a ton of people. So 73 Ks and 55 innings. That's something I like. Um, Charlie Morton, like, dude, is like the numbers aren't as good as his – underlying numbers so like he has good numbers 
And then you look at his underlying numbers, even better. Like, there's no reason to think. And he gets Miami this week. So, yeah, it's like, cool. But his guys, like, if you look at his recent starts, did, you know, 7Ks, 7Ks, 11Ks, 7Ks, 7, two-thirds, 7 innings, 6 innings, quality start. Like, this, I mean, I I think his pitching is good. So, um enough about your team your team's fine you're, you're again your hitting is like levi says good the trades were good for you wit and mcmahon are huge yidge um my problem with victor here and i said this week along with it but victor like what are are you not paying attention are you not committed i don't want to like say you're not committed because i i mean you make moves and do you do stuff but like you're two eight and three like what like and and I and maybe you just don't talk to me about trades or something, but I don't know. Like I talk to Andrew and Max literally every day about baseball, and I don't know of anything. What are you doing? Like, do you it's fine if you just want to be in the league and like you know have good players and some, you know, and like be you're hilarious, you know, your gifts are good. I, I was hard on you on your gifts at one point, but they're good. They're good gifts. Like, Make some moves. I mean, come on. You got some guys. You got, like, like Levi said, I don't know if you're motivated, but, like, I'm trying to let's light the fire under your ass, dude. Do something. Yeah, next like, week. Next Adam, week I know, like, and Adam, stuff. like, and I talked to Adam, and maybe this is because I talked to Adam more than I talked to you, but, like, he, he gets frustrated when he loses. He feels like he's got the guys. He wants to, like, better his team. I, he, like, talks to me, talks to other people. He's like, what do you think? Like, is this not work? What are you doing? And so, I mean, I'll just that, – that'll end my rant. Like, let's – I mean, beef it up, baby. Let's go. He wants your beef, Victor. Hey. Yeah. I don't want the beef. I'm saying you beef it <laughs> I don't yeah. Like, like uh, I said, I, I know you don't want to move Judge. It's, like, your favorite player. But, like – I don't know, dude. Do something. That's why I, I think uh, Victor's team like has some good pieces. It just seems like it's a it's a mix of just solid guys. There's not a lot of superstars in there. Yes, Judge is a superstar, but like compared to some of the other guys who are just leading in every category this season, like he's doing okay. He's not meeting his projections. One of the notes is. Uh, it seems like the smaller Rymel Tapia's hat gets, the better he hits. Um, <laughs> right now, he's just his like slam ball. Yeah, his hat fits now. So I think he can, you know, like not worry about his hat falling off when he's out in the outfield and he's just playing better. Yeah, so like um, y'all, I, I, I don't want to, like Tapia's a fine player and y'all keep saying that he's hitting great. Like Max has said it in previous podcasts that I've been on. But like, big hat, big hit. I know, okay, but we're not at 30 games in the season anymore. Like, this is not great. Can we can we look at it outside the? Uh, he's been two ninety two. He's a fine player. It's a it's, it's a fine. Okay, okay. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't hurt, but but like for him to be like, oh, you got good pieces. Like that's a fine player, but like when he's your second best player, second best, yeah. That's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not great. So him for somebody that needs some average and stolen bases for like two big chances like this one saying you got to take some chances you got jazz there's a great draft pick build off that and maybe don't trade judge but trade desclafani and i i would give up two solid younger pieces or something for desclafani and like 
Kluber. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like that's something that you could build off of that way you have, say you, you know, you got some keeper guys and then you got judge Chisholm that are capable, you know, like that's, that's a, that's where you start. Like, that's what I think you should do. And I just don't like, I don't see him engaging in any of that. So I, I'm off my, my soapbox now, but that's, it's just fancy baseball, but I'm fired up. He, he wants yeah. to light a fire, Victor. He wants yeah. to light a fire. I personally think he should drop Donnie Solani. Um, yeah, he's been on his team since he drafted him. I know. As you're I talking know. to a Giants fan here, it is just like, why is this guy on your team? <laughs> yeah, DJ LeMayhew, he just got DD back, dropped Donnie Solani. You don't need him. Um, but either way, get, I get David Peralta. Yeah. David Smith. Do one there. for one. I swear yeah. to God, if he picks up David Peralta, David Peralta hits a triple this week. I'm gonna shit my pants. Um, Max is Victor, winning. Next, good, good luck in the future. Uh, I hate you this week, and I hope you nothing good happens to you. Um, moving on to our next matchup. Ooh, Yikes. it's another Sam Crawford heavyweight bout. We've got Camacho Chase. He's eight four and one, currently sitting in a playoff spot, going up against. The snubs who are six, six, and one. Levi, defend yourself. How are you going to beat Chase this week? Oh, I'm going first. Uh, okay. Oh, God. I haven't looked at this matchup yet. You know, I am hitting like crap right now. Uh, I, you know, I've made, I may have traded away too many hitters. I'm not really sure. Um, it looks like Gallo got a home run. But all my other guys are, you know, 0 for, 1 for, uh, so it's not looking good right off the bat. But Dick Hill, uh, I I really hated the fact that, you know, he only had 57 pitches and they pulled him out. He only gave up one run. That's just what the Rays do. Like, he was had such a hot start, and then he had, like, a little bit of struggle, and they are like, nope, next guy. So um, that didn't work the out Rays- that well. Hate your fantasy team. Yeah, I have so no many race pitchers. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I think my team is on the upswing. I made some some moves uh, with you specifically that I think they're gonna they're gonna help me out in the future. Um, so I think one thing about this week that wasn't present in the past, you know, four or five weeks, is I'm going to win some pitching categories. Um, I already got a hold tonight. Uh, from Trevor May, and then I think my ERA and WHIP are just going to steadily get better uh, every week. Um, and part of that is, yeah, having Manoa, having Grinky. Uh, my offense took a little bit of hit of a hit getting rid of uh, Wit and also uh, uh, McMahon. I I do have you know Tay Oscar who just hits singles like you know, uh, just a single man. But you know I'll take what I can get with those singles. Um, on the other hand, Chase's team is very good. Uh, I think in the beginning of the season, both of our teams were just like neck and neck when it came to offense. Right now, according to these Roto rankings, he has the number one offense in the league. Um, so I think that combined, you know, with my offense, my offense is, is pretty stellar. I, I feel like still um, it's going to be a really good matchup. I think I am going to win, though, just because uh, now that I'm a lot more balanced, some of that uh polarity in my team that was that was present before is is really coming together and um and i think i'm, I'm gonna pull through but it's gonna be very close chase's team is very good uh, but i have the motivation to to definitely win this matchup just because 
Camacho is is a team to beat. You know, there's there's all of us except for you know Adam and and Victor have a real shot to make the playoffs. Uh, so it's it's going to be a really tight race, and I have to win this. But if I want to, you know, have a realistic shot of being number four or better, I I need to win this week. So um, so I think I'm going to give it to myself, but a very uh, slim win uh, for me. He's calling for a slim win slim against win. Chase. Slim win, Trevor. Levi versus Chase. Who do you got? I, I I too am going to give this to Levi and, and I'll and I'll going back to the trade that y'all made the two trades y'all made. I think that Max, like I said, they help both teams. Um, but I, th- I think Max got the better end of the total packages. But I do think that this, if you look at the trade at just a player versus player thing, I think Max won. I think that this. Those trades were better for your team, however. So I think that, and I think that that directly impacts why you beat Chase this week. Getting Grinky and Manoa was. What happened? My thing made a noise. Am I still here? Notification. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, I think that's why you win this week. I, I'm picking you. Um, I think you got to do something about these these Royals relievers. You, you picked up Trevor May. That was great. Got you old tonight. And, um, and I mean, you, like, I, I made a joke to Max last week. Like, Scott Barlow has, like, what, four saves? Yeah. Uh, he has four saves. He yeah, literally – the past two days. And all four of his saves are against me. He got two in the in the other <laughs> week we tied. <laughs> and then he got two last week. Um so I guess I mean I'm not saying he has to go, but like the Zimmer, I just don't think they win enough. I think there's good enough relievers on the wire where you can kind of stream it, not not like five moves on it, but like you could one week pick up somebody from the Marlins, maybe a waiver wire all star or something, or like uh, Brad Brack, yeah, or Brad Brack or somebody like that. And then you know if he doesn't do anything that week or whatever, look at the schedule. Because Zimmer's not bad, Barlow's not bad. They just the Royals just don't win enough. Um, anyways, I think that your pitching is why you win this matchup. I think y'all's hitting. Um, obviously, you you freaking smoked me in the hitting uh, last last week. So and two weeks ago. So um, I think your guys. I mean, your guys are good. You got good hitting. You got the right amount of like people that are hot and also like just people that aren't streaky. Justin Turner to me is one of those guys who's not like, he's not as streaky as like the rest of your team. So there's, it's good to have like somebody that's keeping you afloat while like maybe Albies has an off week or something, or he has yeah. seven RBIs in one game or, you know, some of the streakier will my Myers another guy that's kind of streaky. So it's good to have these guys that are kind of holding your baseline and then you get the hot streak from Will Myers and Joey Gallo or whatever. And he hit a bomb tonight. Gosh, dang this guy. Yeah. And heats up with the summer. Uh, that's his, that's his thing. Yeah. Like the sun, this guy. <laughs> um, sun power. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very close one. Um, and and uh, uh, no knock against Chase's team team. <clears throat> Uh, standing say 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 so roto says so 
his lineup says so. I just think that you're pitching depth and um, I, you'll make the right moves. Like you said, you're motivated to do it. Not that Chase isn't, but I just – I think that – I think you win it this week. Trevor's yep. going with Levi. Snubbing him. He's, he's saying he's that Chase is going to get snubbed. Uh, I'm taking Chase, okay, and let me oh. tell you why. So, Levi, I agree. The moves That's that you made, the trades that you made with me, uh, I, I, they made your pitching better. Your pitching is, is going to improve. Like it's uh, Alec Manoa and Zach Granke are objectively two great pitchers. Not not even two of your best two pitchers, but you've been working with two good pitchers all season long. Two good starters, and even if you get two good starts from them, uh, it's just it hasn't been enough. Your pitching has not been up to snuff, and now you've got a better balanced team. I I I think you have a good team. You're currently six six and one, but if you were over in Arthur Rhodes, you'd be in a prime spot for a playoff run. Offensively, you just gave up two pretty solid players, and you can afford to do so with the fifth best offense in the league in Roto. Here's your problem this week. Chase has the best offense in the league in Roto by a lot. And, I mean, you're seeing Jose Ramirez get two steals tonight. You're besmirching Cedric Mullins willy-nilly. Okay, like I, I don't know if you've noticed what Yuli Gurriel is doing this season, but it's downright absurd. Like yeah. Chase is getting insane numbers from his guys. Like it, it, he just is. He's got an absolutely dominant offense. Um, I mean, Jordan Alvarez is like almost an afterthought. Like at least whenever I was facing him, I was watching every Astros game that week. So I was paying a lot of attention to Jordan. Jordan bat like 300 against me with like two homers and a couple of doubles. And he was like the fourth scariest guy on Chase's roster that week. Like his offense is, is really, really difficult. Um, I do think you win the pitching or the pitching counting categories because Chase, his biggest issue right now is starting pitching. Um, so that's going to hurt his ERA. He's probably going to have to stream a lot to even compete, but I do like his relief pitching better than yours. It's good that you got a Trevor May hold. Look how quickly things can pay off. Side note about Trevor May. Love uh, the reason I picked him up a little while ago, like the, earlier in the season, he walks out to Coheed and Cambria as his like uh, walkout music. And I just, I love that. It was my, the sole reason that and some good, uh, good fan graphs metrics um, that support that he's actually a really good pitcher. But I just think that's super cool. Um, but Foxberger, Emilio, for all this Chapman, I would expect those guys to consistently get better numbers than your top three relievers. So yeah, Chase may be able to back into like a, a backwards 5-3 strategy for this week, but his offense is favored over yours, at least in my book. And you're asking for trouble messing with Cedric Mullins. I truly <laughs> fear Chase's offense. And sorry, I'm, I'm taking Chase this week. Smart money's on Chase, I think. Nothing against your team, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, his offense is is ridiculous. And yeah, just given the fact that um, we're both offensive teams, uh, he does have the statistically better offense. I think what's crazy about his team um, is he's gotten kind of lucky with some of these starting pitchers. Um, Wainwright having a hell of a season. Taiwan Walker is pretty shifty in the past. And 
and Framber being as good as he is, like, I think he's gotten definitely lucky. I mean, Eovaldi, like, some of these guys are just, I don't know, they were all wishy-washy. Um, maybe not Framber, but, like, everyone else like, wishy-washy in the past, and they're just having great seasons pitching. Um, and so his team is, is doing great. I think some of that is luck, and I think some of that uh, may not be you know, there in the future. So maybe like uh, his team is a little bit better than projected, you know, at the end of the season. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup either way. Uh, I'm still a little confused snubs. at your definition of, of the word luck here. Luck. Um, <laughs> Wainwright being I tremendous. I mean, Wainwright is <laughs> one of the greatest pitchers like of our era. So yes, I- but he had after surgery, after he came back from his injury, I don't know, it was two years ago. Like he was just not great. I get the um, Taiwan Walker thing, but what you're missing there is that he was always touted supposed to do good. this. Yeah. Yeah, he had so, the stuff. He's just hurt. Yeah. He's just been Yavaldi's so, the same way. And the Mets, I don't know how they they only spent like super as far as baseball goes, like like it's very cheap acquisition for them, and nobody else even gave him a thought. So yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, there's I a little the luck headlines. mixed in there, but Yavaldi, the same thing. He's been before he had the loose bodies. He was he had some loose bodies in there. Bodies were so loose, but before that, doing well now, you know. So yeah, uh, I mean, loose yeah, bodies are never good. Yeah, there's too many loose bodies out there. You're talking to a guy who literally, I, I'm drinking whiskey and a chocolate shake tonight. My body, I've got a pretty. Loose. I got a pretty loose body. Also, Levi, I'm glad that yeah. you admitted that you and Chase have uh, offensive teams. I faced both of you, and my team was offended. So <laughs> I appreciate you owning up to that. I, was, I got snubbed twice. I'm offended. Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. Let's move on to our final matchup of the pod. This is an interdivision matchup. We got this, honestly, is probably the matchup of the week. I know I said he, earlier, Tiger Emoji versus Shalom, y'all. But let's be honest, that's Arthur Rhodes. I'm not even sure people are going to watch that matchup. We've got Joe DiMamio's Andrew on a hot streak, currently 6-6-1, going up against Rumham. Trevor, who is 7-3-3. Three, three. Trevor, defend yourself. How are you going to beat Andrew? Um. Sheer will. Sheer will. <laughs> no, I, to be, what are you gonna I'm, do? I'm worried. Um, uh, definitely I'm worried. Um, and and you know, like a, my offense is kind of like, like as as frustrating as I've been that have been have as frust shit as frustrated as they have been. Had a lot of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've you and me have almost killed this bottle during the podcast, so <laughs> as they have been like they're kind of set it and forget it like i like i get frustrated with them but i but like i can't like what i can't just like drop trevor story and like figure out a better utility like you just i just gotta ride with his ebbs and flows same with jose brayu and so so like as far as that goes i'm just gonna i mean keep on keep it on and hope that they turn it around eventually um and you know um checks and balances and law of averages and i think they'll turn around what i'm scared is pitching andrew has like i i don't do math well but i don't even understand how he has so many pitchers i just look at his lineup and i'm like there's so many pitchers and he's like he's got more 
there's some more. And when you think you're done, there's more. <laughs> I, I go like, why is Ryan Presley on the bench? There's too many pitchers. He's missing utility spot. He's missing Relief. one utility hitter. That's relievers right on now. the bench. That means you have too many people. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Like in, in their quality too. Like I go, I'm like, all right, he's got Pablo Lopez shit. You know, that's going to be good. Oh, he's got Lance Colors. All right. Shit. That's going to be good. Oh man. He's got Lucas Julio. Oh shit. <laughs> like he's got all these guys there and he got seven innings, six strikeouts and a win and a quality start from Willie Wiley. His name's Wiley Peralta. Wiley wow. Peralta. Best <laughs> of the week. Oh, so yeah, I'm concerned about pitching. What, what, you know, I have, there's different strategies I can go with when I'm down on like just the sheer quality of pitchers that I can even stream. Um, I, I won't expose that. I think it's pretty well known, but if, if you don't, if you can't match up on the starting pitching, you have to go one, the other way with it. And so that might be what I have to do. Um, and I just got to hope that my hitting does what they're intended to do. And Abreu is turning out to be like maybe in his later age to be one of these super streaky guys that I talked about earlier, like uh, I don't know, on somebody's team is talking about streaky people. And it looks like he's I, I was like in the chat, I said something about I'll literally take a warm body for him. Obviously, I was kidding, but. I was so pissed because he was one for like 29. And in the last two weeks, he's like, let's see, his last three games, he's seven for 14 with two home runs and seven RBIs and five runs. So, like, he could just be, this is what Abreu does now, and he's just a streaky guy. So, hoping he continues that. Um, Cody Bellinger, literally, you cannot get worse. So, I mean, if he has two hits this week, that's better than what he did against Levi. He was one for 22. So, he has an RBI tonight, sack fly, I'm guessing. Wonderful. <laughs> so, I've got these positions. I just can't do anything about it. I'm just – I they just got to turn it around. Um, so, I'm going to pick me. I'm worried about the pitching, but I think my hitting – turns it around solves it and i and i think i win most of these hitting categories and uh maybe get maybe get something in in pitching and and i it's very close matchup and i win it love you andrew Charles love you dad himself. love you dad we did Charles picking himself real whiskeyed up over here uh, top one pick. <laughs> this is not an easy one pick uh, I'm sorry, Trevor. I got to go with Andrew. I got to do it. Andrew's team is hot, hot, hot right now. And, and when I say that, I don't mean like you look at his stats every week, he would beat every team, but they're just doing what needs to be done. He's getting a big start. Like, I'm sorry. I saw the Wiley pa- Peralta pickup today. And yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, all right, well, who gives I was a like, shot? Joey Gallo's going to eat his lunch. I know that because I just faced Levi. Yeah, he didn't eat his lunch. Joey uh, Gallo ate the next guy's lunch. Yeah, no, not that guy. Wrong guy. Which, which Max fried uh, his, his you know, upper chestals were, well, you could say they were lit. 
Um, <laughs> like he, he had a rough go of it, but overall, I mean, Andrews made a lot of moves to make his team pretty just pain in the ass to face. Like, I'm not going to name all of his players, but look at all his players. Like they're, they're very good. You know, Alex Kirilov finally is turning it around. That was the guy I think he talked about the most about, you know, this is the, guy I'm worried about. I'm worried about Alex Kirilov. That's so, another one of my uh, Jesse Winker guys. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you expect yeah. to pop off at some point. Yeah, uh, and Jose Abreu, after you sent that text, I sent you a couple Couple of trade offer ideas. I got some. I got some offers, but yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, fire lit under his ass. He has three homers since since we started talking trade. So, you're welcome. Trust me, I know Jose Abreu. I know I know him real well. His first one to draft him in the league ever, sixth round, long time ago. It's good times, memories. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take Andrew. His team is it's getting hot at what really is the best time to get hot which is when they absolutely need to or else you're not going to make the playoffs um i don't think this loss sets you back you like i said you could lose and any other combination of things could happen and you're still secured in a playoff spot after this week so i don't think it kills you but andrew's just a tough mountain to climb right now i think he keeps streaking oh i'll climb that mountain oh he's gonna climb that mountain (laughs) levi who do you have this matchup yeah, man, this is really tough. Is he going to climb Andrew's mountain? Ooh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a real tough one. Um, I'm looking at Andrew's team. It's probably the most balanced team in the league, as well as uh, Duke's Flatbush. Those are two just, like, good everywhere kind of teams, but not, like, I, I still think Trevor's offense is much better. Trevor had, like, a good offensive week last week. Um, it was, well, like... Sunday. Uh, so, so if we look back, uh, let me see. Sunday had a good day. Yeah. I hit like under 250, like Tuesday through Friday. Yeah. Tuesday I mean, you ended the week. I mean, that's uh, the last day is what counts. I mean, you ended the week with 41 runs, 37 RBIs. Oh, no, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was, uh, oh. you, you had, sorry, you had 35 no. RBIs, <laughs> 32 <laughs> runs, 270 average. Like you had a really good offensive week. Um, and, and I think, you know, according to the, the rotor rankings, you just have one of the best offenses in the league, but I do think that, uh, Andrew is, is a bit more, uh, balanced. His pitching is, is outstanding. And he has some of these guys that, uh, may come up and hit really well. One of them in particular is, is Kirilov, um, who's really streaky lately. Um, I don't know when Nelson Cruz is just going to stop hitting well. Um, I'm surprised that like every single season, like no one really takes them until like a later round, not like a later round, but just like, no, you're right. It round. is. It's like, um, he's always, I mean, even the fifth round is late for what, what it does. Yeah. Oh, right? well, it's going to get later and later. Yeah. And he's just going to keep being like one of the top hitters <laughs> yeah. in the league. And it's like, at some point we're going to forget about it. And then he's going to retire after that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I really like how balanced his team is. I think his strength of schedule is, very weak so he's going to win a lot of games i just don't know if it's this one i'm gonna take trevor's team um very slim win i'm just gonna coin that phrase slim win um your team had a great offense last week uh but i think uh i think you, you take it by a very slim margin um 
even though Andrew is having a, a pretty hot pitching night. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Trevor's going to get it, um, but it's not going to be by very much. Slim win, slim margin. Andrew's getting besmirched. Uh, He's not besmirching him. Does uh, not besmirch. We might think he's going to climb that mountain. I complimented both teams. Yeah, he did great. Yeah, he was actually <laughs> spent more time talking about how good Andrew was and was like, picking Trevor. Today. Yeah. No besmirching. <laughs> well, Andrew, he thinks, uh, he thinks Trevor's going to climb your mountain. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll climb it. A lot of, lot of <laughs> a lot of whiteboard material Levi's given teams this week. Like <laughs> whiteboard material. Really? I just went I went off on a tangent for 20 minutes about Victor's team. So well, yeah, yeah, you got very angry at, at the Victor's team. Like not you're angry. Very I'm mad about like, it. No, I'm not angry. <laughs> I just not like angry. really mad though. I just like <laughs> I know that Victor knows baseball, so like yeah. Let's do it, you know? Like, like no dude, baseball, dude. Get in there. Uh, Levi earlier guaranteed a win against Master Chief Wahoos um, in a couple of weeks. So that's the whiteboard material that Adam's team needed. I honestly <laughs> think that might be causing, like, we're we're looking at, at and poor Matt, you know, just trying to associate Kamish the best he can. And freaking Levi goes and pisses Adam's team off. And there is all of a sudden Jose Ramirez, not Jose Ramirez, that's Chase's team. All of a sudden, whoever Adam has starts doing great. <laughs> oh yeah. Kepler, two home runs. That's, that's uh, yeah, Fran Mill Reyes, uh, one home run, five RBIs. Like his team, like every single player on his team is popping off right now. It's they ridiculous. call him Big Franny. Big Franny. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode before it gets a little too far off the rails. Levi. Do you have any parting words for our audience? Um, yeah, you know, it was good to be here. Um, I think this is a, a turning point, uh, maybe like a second wind, if you will, for my team. Uh, so get ready, Sam Crawford. Uh, I am going. I think to 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 comment on what Max said. I think in a in one of the early podcasts, I am the buzzsaw of Sam Crawford. So every time you face me, you know, it, uh, you're the bus stress you out. You're the bus. I, the bus saw. I yeah. don't think you're listening very well to that podcast. Um, yep. Self-proclaimed buzzsaw. He's self-proclaimed. I am saying I'm buzzsaw and I'm saying, watch out Sam Crawford. I'm saying, watch out Camacho right now. Buzzsaw uh, is ready. <laughs> All right. Trevor, do you have any parting words for our audience? Yeah. If you're listening live, um, <laughs> go ahead and log on to Warzone. I'll be on all night for the next like 45 minutes. Yeah, they're not listening. Uh, <laughs> um, Victor, no, I'm, I I didn't mean to. I'm not. I don't. I'm not mad about what Victor said. I just said, <laughs> Victor, I'm not. I, I don't. I didn't. I, I mean, I just want to defend my stance here. Is like, I mean, this is we we we're serious about it. It's, but it's fun for sure. But I'm not mad. I just think that like you could make your team better and I know you want to. So do it. I didn't mean to go off on the rant. Um, just, you know, just maybe I just want one of your players. Hit me up, you know, maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to give Victor any whiteboard material, I'm going to say, Victor, honestly, you'd be in much better shape if you just come and stay for a whole draft. Pressure, 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 Ooh, pressure. yeah, no, that, yeah, that's probably yeah, more drafting a, from your phone. Rant to like, go on. You'll get like much so better hard. players if, if you're not. Oh my gosh, 100% agree. And that's uh, like 
hundred percent. You're right, Levi. I told you guys the hot news I got from uh, Matt, not Matt, from Tony, um, right after this year's draft, which it could mean nothing. Tony's not listening to this podcast, so I can just put him on blast if I want to. Um, Tony guaranteed he will be at next season's draft. Guaranteed it. So we're going to pick. When I win, I'm going to pick Tony's house. So he has no choice. There you go. I'll be like, where's the draft location this year? A winner will be like, where I don't know. We've got to put the APB out for him. No, you just go, Tony, <laughs> drop us in. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's where that's, we're drafting. That's it. Tony yeah. be like, I don't know what that is. I got a Or Victor's house. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Are they listening to the. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. No, I just Victor got a couple listens. texts about Bellinger. Victor listens to the podcast. <laughs> Did Chris text you about Bellinger? You do it? No, he's actually not the one. There's two others, not Chris. He will. All right. I think that'll do it for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. I'm sure we'll have other guests and other good things to talk about. Good luck to everybody this week, and we'll see you next week. Everybody loves the